Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is scheduled for one network and is your main event. In the ring, your favorite pros are sitting down to talk with the Watt and Maestro. So grab a seat, relax, and listen to some wrestling chat. Ref, let's ring that bell. We got someone who's gonna hit the mat. Welcome to another episode of Hitting the Mat, the <laughs> podcast. We are here with myself, obviously. The host of the show, the Kilowatt, with my co-host, the Maestro. What's up, my dude? Oh, not much, man. Still, uh, still going through the COVID times, you know. Ooh, it is a bitch. Um, also, going through the COVID times with us is the courageous Christina Marie. How are you doing? I'm holding up. I'm, I'm staying healthy. How are you guys? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, today has been a rough day for me. But we made it through, you know? Um, yeah, it definitely was a rough day for me. I could say that rainy. It's just depressing, you know? It's hard to stay, you know? Um, keep your, it's hard to be above water at this point, you know? Stay positive. It's just hard. It is for sure. Alrighty. So, uh, has, how has the rest of, like, quarantine been going for you? What have you been doing to, like, keep busy or, or whatever? Um, I took on a couple of tasks that I was needed to get done around the house and like things that were very hard to get to. Um, I actually invested in some gym equipment. Um, I got myself a squat press rack, uh, a bench, um, about 275 pounds worth of weight. Um, that's just with barbell plates and I got some other dumbbells and stuff. So I've been doing that on the side, but it's still very hard to be motivated to do that. And that's coming from me. That's always been in the gym seven, almost six days a week, at least six days a week doing something. And it's hard because it's in the middle of my living room. Like, how do I go from doing a set and then just walking over to my couch and watching my favorite TV show? Like, it's it's not, it's hard to keep the energy, but that's what I've been doing with some of my time, uh, most, you know, mostly, um, I have been around one of my friends besides my family members because she hasn't really been around anybody else. Um, but being very safe other than that, I've been really home. Like I've been just getting things done. You know, I have a couple ideas coming up in my head. I've been just brainstorming new things for wrestling and I'm just really excited eventually to bring it to the table towards the end of the year, upcoming new year, you know? So it's just, it gives me downtime to be able to focus on what I need to do. So, yeah, I think that's the positive that we're all bringing out of this is we have the time to recreate, reinvent ourselves and do and learn new things. It's kind of, I don't want to say awesome because it also kind of sucks, but yeah, we're all in this together, you know, and that it's, is it's tough. reassuring in a, in a sense. How about you, Maestro? Have you been doing anything crazy this week? Any new ideas brewing the uh, ideation station? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we we got a couple a couple things cooking. I mean, we got we got um got that one idea we started kicking the bucket on that we might uh might have come to fruition within the next like week or so. This is That's true. exciting. We do have a pretty big video coming up with a lot of indie stars. Um, so yeah, crossing the fingers, and we'll tell you a little bit about that a little later, Christina. Maybe have you contribute to that? So 
We'll chat about that off off topic. Even though that video will probably be out before this podcast, but who knows? Yeah, you never know. We'll we'll find out. All right. So uh, so let's 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 get into it. Let's talk about Christina Marie. So uh, before we even get into your wrestling career, um, you know what was your childhood like? Like, what is the personal Christina Marie like? Like, where did you grow up? Where are you from? What was your childhood like? Uh, I grew up in actually the location that I get announced from. I'm actually that's the capital, you know, Albany. Um, I live actually in a home, you know, hometown called Rotterdam, New York. It's in Schenectady, um, if anybody's familiar with it. But I kind of say I'm from Albany because I spend most of my time working and being out there besides sleeping in the town I'm in. But uh, growing up, Christina, <laughs> she had a very tough you know, uh, childhood, you know, um, not, you know, maybe in a different way. Uh, my mom was sick at the time. So I kind of got to, I kind of got to lose. No, I lost my mom a little bit, uh, too soon. Like it's, it's, it's hard to really explain, but like I, my mom got sick with brain cancer. So it kind of put a response responsibility on me where I, I took care of my mom at a young age, you know, and it kind of minimized school and, I struggled with school and, you know, and I ended up dropping out and I got my GED, you know, but I ended up being really good and getting a dental assistant career. So I, I made it out to be good. But growing up for me, if I had to explain it to you guys, it was it was tough. I feel like I'm I had to grow up quick, quicker than you should, you know, um, but I'm not complaining about it. I mean, of course, there's a little downfalls with it, but like I grew up too quick. So being right now, I, I'm sitting here. I'm about to be 27 in June. I mentally feel like I'm in my 30s. And it's like, oh, how do you feel like that? It's just because I had to grow up. Like I was I was taken out of school at a young age, not because I really wanted to. It's just I wanted to be with my mom. My mom was every day was a blessing, you know, and I, I'd rather taken care of her while my dad was putting food on the table, you know, and my brothers were working and, and, and it was hard for them to take care of the responsibility. Not that it was all on me. My dad had a lot on him, you know, but. It was my mom, you know, so growing up, I had to start responsibility very young. And that's what gave me the rough background and the strong, you know, strength to become the person I am and the background of weightlifting, you know, and like the rage and the power and the strength and the fearlessness. I, I, I take that from within. That's really what I am. And it's like, you know, people have gimmicks out here and stuff like that, you know, of how they would want to be or maybe how, how they really are. I'm really how I am. I just put myself out there with how I, you know, um, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, I can't uh, find the word. Uh, you get what I, I'm saying? I got so. it for you. Actually, I, I've mentioned this before. Uh, Seth or Simon Gotch, he uh, he said he talks about honest self-expression, which is kind of what that is for you. So, like, the more of you you put into your character, the the more relatable it's going to be to everyone else. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I started off with picking where I wanted to start with wrestling, but it's also who I really am. Um, the fire within, um, every time I felt low in my life or felt like I wanted to give up where I had heartbreaks or, you know, you went through struggles, you know, you never know what you went through in your family and stuff like that, you know, but that's, it's what, that's where the courageousness comes from. You know, people say, all right, what's courageous? You know, you think of a firefighter, you think of a police officer, a courageous act, 
I understand that, but yeah. that's not all superheroes. Is you know what I mean? Those people well, I like mean, the way you explained it, the way you explained what you what you've been through and how that kind of molded you, that really defines courage. So it's personal, and, actually. Yeah, and also the main factor about it, my mom was sick with brain cancer. My mom, I found that out when I was turning eleven to twelve. I was l- turning literally right that. Four days before my birthday, my mom got diagnosed with it, mm-hmm. and she lived up to nine and a half years. That was the longest person to live with the brain cancer condition she had. You know, she outlived it to that long, which oh, wow. she wasn't really her though. She didn't. She wasn't able to think. She wasn't herself. It wasn't her at the end of the day. But no yeah. matter what, there was so many times she almost died with hospice, and it's not like we made her suffer and made her fight through. She fought through courageously every freaking time. And being that I'm older and just trying to think of how I was thinking then, I didn't understand what was going on, why my mom, and I was depressed, crying, like, my mom's dying, like, you know, and all that, but she courageously fought, 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 and I think anytime I go through something, like, with a job, or with with my opponent, with my friends, my family, or, you know, whatever, you you just gotta be, you just gotta be strong about it, and she just gives me the ultimate strength every time I want to fall on my knees, or, you know, to get back up and fight because in the end it it's you at the end of the day, you know, and I try to give that same example to all everybody out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. Flood. I like that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so obviously the family life was very important to you because, um, you know, taking care of your mom at, at such a young age and really having everybody, kind of help out was there anything as a child that you turned to to kind of like escape from some of these hardships you know like were were you attracted to wrestling as a kid or was there something else that could have been your escape to kind of get away from you know all the all the hardship you 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 endured uh when i when i i remember starting off i was always in the sports i grew up with two older brothers you know they're eight and seven years older than me so they used to do high school wrestling i'd be their practice target damn it you know so like (laughs) they would come home and be like yo chrissy come here i'm like oh no and you know i i thank them for that but um what i got drawn to to help me deal with that was i i would go even when my mom was here sick and i got the chance to get out the house I would take. I would ride my bike before I drive. I'd ride my bike to the park. I'd go to the park. And I was always trying to do something active because active was the the like the chemical in my body that released good like a good feel, even if I was miserable or upset or depressed, or I just needed to get out fresh air. And then my brother actually got me into running, so I did cross country for a while. So I got into like running for a while, and then I really like fell out of doing that because I just always wanted to follow in Big Brother's steps. You know, I did snowboarding. And then I gave that up. <laughs> so these are just things before I found, which I go to, is the gym. And that's what really helped me cope with losing my mom physically when she was gone is when I found the gym. I started working out there. And I always liked wrestling Don't growing up like I did. I didn't get the chance to watch it because my father didn't allow me to because <laughs> he just thought it was crazy. I remember any time it came on the TV, he was like, oh, no, turn it off. Like, I would have to sneak to my friend's house and they would watch it. And I remember being stuck on their TV because I never got the chance to watch it because I was kind of restricted. I didn't I, I didn't understand why. But my dad laughs now about it because look what happened. <laughs> but <laughs> so it I I got into it um, by meeting Rick Recom. You know, he's from the same area I am. He's from Albany, and I met him in the gym, and we always, like, we started training together just as friends, and 
we talked about like if there was a school around here, you know, I would love to try out. And he told me about Tommy Dreamer School. And then he looked up and he found like this school that must have currently opened up in Albany. And I told him, hey, go check it out. Let me know what's up. Not that I wasn't nervous. I just thought it was a bunch of bullshit. So I just was not like, I didn't care. I was just trying to get big at that time because I love weightlifting because I lost my mom. So I already liked being at the gym. And then I found powerlifting. And then he, I went to that school. And when I took my first bump, I was right then and there. And ever that was, I, I lost my mom in September. And I remember in that February, I, I found the school. But I started weightlifting in that September up into that. And then I found wrestling. So weightlifting and wrestling is what helped me right, right from the jump when I lost my mom. And then right before that, before I even found anything, it would always be like outdoor. If I went walking, running, going to the park, you know, before driving, I, I like to go for drives. Like that's, that's what helped me with the drives for wrestling now. Cause I was like, I love driving. Well, I got my license at 16. I made sure I got those things done. Those are the biggest things to get done when you're young, you know, for sure. those, yeah, those are the things I, I, that helped me cope with the struggles and, you know, dealing with the, the things I grew up with is those little things. I mean, I'm a big tomboy, so. <laughs> so before we get like more so into your wrestling career, you had mentioned something about dentistry. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Yes. I'm a dental assistant in a private office out of Albany, New York right now. Okay. I mean, well, with quarantine, I'm not working, so. <laughs> gotcha. Was there was there something else, like, before wrestling kind of caught your attention, like, in between that time, um, you know, that transition, like you said, you know, where you lost your mom, and then when you found wrestling, um, kind of, like, what was that time in between? Like, were there other interests? Were there other hobbies besides the gym, besides just being active that you were doing, pursuing? It could be career or just kind of, like – you know, off the cuff hobbies? Um, no, I mean, I, I did used to draw a lot and I used to play Sims <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> okay. All right. All I'm right. not even going to lie to you. I'd be stuck on that computer. I remember actually I just pulled it up from the basement the other day. Cause I want to look through for old photos and I just got Wi-Fi, and I was like, time to bring out the old, the old photos, you know, like actually it's so funny. And I was thinking about Sims the other day. I was like, crap i might as well give it i was like i remember i used to be really good at that I used to do like the hashtag code rosebud and get mad money mad money oh yeah i remember so i was a big computer person zoo tycoon myspace i used to hook up people's myspace i used to have my friends message me because i used to know how to do all the codes all the pictures they'd send me their bio like i would do all that I was that teenage kid while I was taking care of my mom in the house and I wasn't, I was on the computer when I was here in between taking care of her, feeding her, changing her and that stuff. So those were the indoor hobbies cause I was limited. And then once stuff started getting where it was, is those outlets came in my life. So, and I worked at a shoe department and I used to sell shoes at a shoe department. So I guess that was my first job. That was fun. <laughs> and you talked about drawing. I, I recently saw some of your sketches. Uh, I was actually kind of impressed. I didn't know you had that skill. So I don't think it's that good, Alex. Honestly, you I know don't. what it's better than I can do. So I know, but it, I know I, I'm not gonna lie. My friend Erica, like my, one of my best friends, she can draw really good. Like it's funny. I bring, it's so funny cause she does it so good. I bring her like a sketch of what I do. I'm like, Hey, can you like redraw this up? And I go to pull it out. She goes, Jesus Christ, Chrissy! What what is that? Uh, hold on, I need to I need to grab something to drink. She has to get she gets up and gets back down. And she goes, 
Is this what's and then when she was done, I think I sent you a clip of an idea, I think, the one day and she did it. It was like that was what I was trying to draw an image. You did it. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I can do better. Like I noticed, you know, if I have a couple drinks in me and I'm really focused, I mean sitting here having a glass of wine or two, I'll be able to draw, but I have to really want to draw. You have to be into what you're doing. Oh for sure. Engaged. Like, mm-hmm. I think I did it for so long that like it's hard for me to just do it. But now that I have all the time, I gotta keep my options open. Definitely. So you met Rick Recon, and then you guys went to start training. And that is that where you met Jerry Idol? Is he the one who trained you, or is it somebody else? Jerry Idol did not train me. Jerry Idol owned the school, uh, Extreme Wrestling Alliance. Um, he was the owner. He did teach me one thing or two, you know, because he did wrestle, Jerry, you know, and uh, Shockwave the Robot is the one uh, who has, you know, has the name of training. He taught me all my technical chain wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff, but it, it wasn't for a long period of time. I wasn't under his wing for long. I learned for probably a year, a little bit over a year, and then I actually veered off and did seminars and did my own, and I've been, you know, I, I kind of wish I went, I kind of moved south because it, it's very limited up here and not that I'm no disgrace for being up here and all, but like there's so much better opportunities just a little bit more south for me. Like I'm known up here because I'm one of the only female wrestlers besides Kennedy Copeland, Kristen DeVille, you know, like mm-hmm. oh. within this area, you know, so that's the good part. But at the same time, I want to be known everywhere else. I want to be known in Virginia. I want to be known in Florida. I want to be ever. I want to be known everywhere. You know, oh, I'm just yeah. trying to itch for that. Well, these so, things are definitely it, going to happen. The school up here ended up being good. Shockwave the robot went to Japan. He he did his run and stuff like that. And then Vince Beach actually did some training sessions at the school as well. Okay. Now, side question: Shockwave. Did he ever have any other kind of gimmicks, or was it always just Shockwave? He actually had a couple different gimmicks. Okay, because like I don't know who he is personally. I just know Shockwave, and I'm that's just... the whole point. And okay. he's he's straight. Um, would I? Would, he, without, no, like, he lives kayfabe. You know, without I, like I giving it away, that. would I know any of his other gimmicks? Or no? Um, no. I mean, he 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 mainly did the robot gimmick. He spent a lot of money in his his gimmick. You know, very sure. very high so much but he had like extra things you know he was the midnight prowler i think you know at one time and then he was some fire he was like the fire something i rick recon would know a little bit more about he was the firebird there you go see how i said that and it popped in my head he was the firebird he made his own stuff he's so creative it's crazy you know he does all that stuff so he just has his mind and creativity that always like shocked me because I can still never have that creativity in my mind. I always have to have ideas be put out in front of me for me to create it. Definitely. So when you walked in, when you walk in the door, you guys have your first training session. What's the first thing they teach you? Because I, I, I think every school is a little bit different as to what basics they start you out with. So like night one of training, what do you do? So the first night I went there, um, I think they were just also really excited to see a female walk through the door. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, they know. Like, they know what I mean? Like, I love them. They're, they're pretty funny. And also, like, I remember walking in the door. 
we discussed, you know, you know, he's going to have me go over a couple things to see how I do rolls, you know, front rolls. He's teaching me how to do front rolls. I never stepped foot in that ring. You're not supposed to step foot in that ring the first night. He had mats all over the floor. So the whole, it was, it was huge. He, you could do it right on the floor. So we did the rolls on the, the floor, you know, we did drills and all the stuff. It was like burpees, you know, front rolls, back rolls, you know. Um, and then at first, you know, he didn't want to get in the ring, which Rick was already there before me. So he already had been in the ring. He's been there like maybe a week before me. And also they, you have to sign a consent form right. before you even do anything. Also because of touching reasons. Also because I'm a female. Fair enough. Um, yes. And it's, uh, it's respectful and that's awesome because every place should have that regardless. I mean, especially with laws nowadays, you never know who's, who's lying or who, what's the truth, you know, but like that's, that's how it should be. Sure. So, um, I remember doing my first rolls and just roll, roll, roll. It was like three rolls to get up and then you do rolls back. Then we did back rolls, back rolls, back rolls. And then I remember we did like um, handstand rolls. Like it's just all about like all that stuff. And then I remember um, we did get ups. It was all blow up drills to see how our, our cardiovascular, you know, um, activity was. So like they, they had us get up, you know, one, get up. And then it's the stance fight down. Uh, I caught and I learned very quickly. So they felt like, you know, hey, you know what? Come in the ring. And that was awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, because nobody's ever been able to. So I already know these guys are looking at me like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> so, and I was like honored. So I always, like me, I never want anybody to feel like I'm always stepping on toes. But nowadays, even if you don't mean to feel like that, you need to be like that just so you don't feel like you're going to get walked over. Yeah. So I like, I, I had my first chance. They were like, all right. Do, do first bump, you know, and I actually took my first bump and then the hump bump against the ropes, maybe a couple times. And they're like, okay, you know what I mean? And then they had me come back. That was, and you're not supposed to get in the ring actually and do something um, until the second time. And also when you put a down payment down and, you know, I was lucky enough to get away with that because they knew how interested I was and they pumped my head up so much. And I fell in love with it. Once I took that first bump, I was like, what? Cause they told me to tuck my chin, uh-huh. stay tight. My legs, I remember clearly, like they said, I was like, tuck your chin. When you go back, make sure your head does not fly back. You keep it at your thing. And all I kept thinking at first is I did a like a flop back. And I was like, all right, all right. Kind of, it's like my, how I learned my back flip. You kind of got to go tilt, tilt. You got to get the right feel of it right. and then go right back. That's how I learned it. So I was like, all right, all right. So I, I did that and did that. And then what took me forever to not let me hit my head back I actually took one of my pre-workout packets because I used to get free samples from the gym because I'd come right after training, going to wrestling, like six to eight, go to train wrestling from eight to 10. And I would put the freaking packet in between my chin and my chest and learn how to take a bump by trying to hold my, my packet of pre-workout on my chest. And if I bump and land in the same position, that's what taught me how my chin stayed against my chest. Okay. So that's the first couple things that I learned within the first couple of days being there. Is all the bumps, the rolls, and stuff. I got hitting the ropes. I remember the bruise. I was Ooh. looking at that, the bruises on my back. Yep. Oh, yeah. I was ready to show that off. I was ready to tell everybody in town, like, look what I'm doing. <laughs> What's up? It hurts, but there's a little <laughs> bit of pride that comes with it. It's it is, because, you know, like the other day, I actually was at my friend's house, and somebody came in the backyard and stopped by and seen, seen her. And I didn't know who he was. I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Social distancing. I was like this. I was wearing the same hoodie that I must have been wearing. Like, because I had eight of them. I'm not got Albany strength hoodies. I have like four gray ones and three black ones. Yeah. And I was like, what's up? My name's Christina. He's like, 
my name's whatever. I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't care. I, <laughs> I don't care. You know what I mean? So I was like, he goes, yeah, I know you. He's like, you're that wrestler. And I go, huh. And I usually don't react like that. And I go, and I said, sorry, since the quarantine, I haven't heard anyone say that. Because <laughs> like everybody in town always says, oh, you're that wrestler. You're that wrestler. Like people I don't even know. You're that wrestler. Oh, I'm like, sure. it's a wrestler. <laughs> yeah it's funny i remember taking those first bumps i actually didn't have a problem taking the bumps i was really good at it until uh we started like bumping off like <clears throat> running off the rope and then taking a bump while running yeah uh i could not figure that shit out like my brain was like nope can't do it are you talking about like when you hit the rope and somebody puts their leg up like the kitchen sink flip hip like the hip bump like flip over? No, that that was cool too, because like it was somewhat like assisted. But no, just like my brain could not connect, like moving and then dropping while moving. Like every time I would have to go do a bump, I would stop, and then I would bump, and it, like it, I needed it to be more. Oh, clear. I know what you mean. It took yeah, I know what you to mean. Get yeah. my brain to be like, this isn't so dangerous. And then I yeah, almost turned my ankle when I actually did do it. <laughs> You got to trick the mind. Yeah, you definitely have to like power through that. So, what were what were some of your biggest obstacles during training? Obviously, we heard about the kilowatts obstacle during his training time. So, like, but but you, I mean, you already were like super active, you know, pretty yeah. athletic background, even though like no school sports or anything. But like, what were some of the things that that were difficult in the training like transitioning from being somebody who's basically a gym rat to getting into wrestling training well i also did cheerleading so that's what got my flips oh, and my okay. like that stuff in the background i was a cheerleader up until i got you know out of school you know and um okay. i was one of the main tumblers on my cheerleading team so i did that um but uh Good point, because yeah, I did want to ask said. about that. From being like somebody who's a power lifter, but also being flexible <laughs> and like flippy yeah. doos and stuff, it it doesn't always make so much sense in my head. But that makes a lot of sense with the cheerleading background. Yeah, the challenging things. I mean, uh, I know I was going into it being active and stuff like that, so it seemed like I'm making it seem like it was a walk in the park. No, it really isn't. Everything that you do and challenge your body to, it's challenging and it takes a lot of mental and pain focused and not focus, you know, like to try to not focus on it. I guess I learned that over time from mental pain to tone it out. Um, but what my downfalls were with training. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, too funny. I would mix up right and left arm. So <laughs> my trainer would get so mad at me to the point where I would grab the wrong arm every time he took a Sharpie. And he came up to me and wrote on this arm and said, not this arm. So I wouldn't <laughs> grab this arm. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't grab that arm. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, it was, just, it was funny. I actually have a picture of it. It says, not this arm. It's like I was on my forearm. It says, not this arm. Or it says, this arm or something like that. And, like, he gets so mad. And then, I, then the one time I honestly kept doing, me and Rick would have matches, you know, training matches. We, we trained. He was... You know, he was there a little bit before me. He was there a month before me, I believe, if, it was not, if I'm correct. But he, me and him would train. Like, that's who I trained with. That's pretty much, besides Shockwave being maybe like a 10, pound, 10 pounds over me, maybe like another two inches taller, 
he he was somebody that was like almost like a girl. No offense, you know. <laughs> he is. He's a he's, he's like a girl. I can press him up. I can lift him up. You know, him doing the head kicks to the head, all that stuff. Like he would. He taught me all that shit. So, Rick. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> where all the robot equipment adds all the bulk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. With with Rick, it's it, I used to train with Rick, so he'd watch our matches, and then the part that I would mess up on, like even like, I I had a hard time in the beginning remembering certain things. I was learning things so quick, and then when I was trying to process them, I mixed them up. So like a sunset flip <laughs> is where you flip over somebody when they're bent down and try to hook them for a pin, you know, like a flip pin. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like a sunset flip. Yeah. So I'd mix that up with, um, oh my God, what's, oh geez, the crucifix pin. Mm. So <laughs> I don't know. So like, say somebody's bent down instead of flip, you flip over them and hook them, try to do sunset flip. I would grab their arms and try to twist them up and give them like a crucifix backslide. And he'd be like, there you go again. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so mad at me. I remember I get so mad. I get so right in the face because I was like, I thought I was so proud with what I was doing, and it's so good. He's like, that's not the right thing. Why would it be there? You're, you're coming. It's your end of your comeback or end of your something. Or I was like, oh no, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, geez, you know. <laughs> but it was just funny. That was like one of the things that were like, oh, so hard for me to stick to, like. Oh. But I got it eventually. I like doing it now because anytime I do it after a match, I'm like, I don't care about the rest of the match. I make sure I hit that sunset flip. Yeah, like I was so happy. <laughs> so, how long after you started till you finally got your like your first match or your debut? I started in two two thousand sixteen. 2016 in February, I started training. I had a fallback because I got injured during training for about a month, and I had my first match, which was with my trainer, and I was on the road with Rick and this other wrestler at the time that he's not wrestling. He was called Baby Goo. Um, so we drove to Maine, and he was actually one of my first opponents. I was supposed to wrestle Mistress Belmont, and she knew I was green. It was my first match, but something came up. Then I actually had to wrestle Shockwave. That was the Midnight Prowler. So I wrestled him. Meanwhile, we first ring I ever wrestled in outside my state was Maine. Very first match was Maine. Oh. And it was with my trainer with a ring that was not even a, maybe a foot off the ground. And the ropes broke. Oh, no. So, But the best part about this is my trainer taught us how to run, how to, how to have a match with no ropes. Oh, Oh, wow. So I already had that on my head to not use ropes, buckles, in ring. So and I and he made me he 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 would always intimidate me because between the left and the right arm, you know, now you understand why I'm intimidated now. <laughs> so I'd, I I'd wrestle him and get me over even more because then when you'd have me in a headlock, I'd be like, oh my god, my trainer has me in a headlock, but it looks real serious, you know. But me and him were just so cool with each other, so it was just it made it more realistic, but. It was in that ring. It was just that match was actually good. We, we went through, we did everything. It went good. Everybody made it out safe. You know, I won. You know, I was pretty happy for my first match. So um, after that, I we did like a birthday party at my school and it was with Toxus. 
So I consider that being my first match because my trainer, I, 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 you know what I mean? I wrestle with him. I do that. Yeah, he's my match. I consider my first outsider talking, meeting, shaking hands, being a worker and taking advice. That was my first match was with Toxis at a, a, a birthday party. And then she actually hit me up. So I'm six months into training. She hit me up after she did the birthday party. She hit me up about getting me booked at New England Championship Wrestling in in Boston, Massachusetts at a fair. I'm not supposed to take any bookings under a year contract under XWA because you need to finish school. So you can't take no bookings. So like I had Dynasty messaging me already. I had because I'm local. I'm not. And I have, I have potential and everybody, you know, I had, I had my phone ringing already, but I couldn't because they were going to define training me. So I decided to go behind their back in July Uh and go out to Boston, Massachusetts. My friend Megan rode with me three hours in my trailblazer. I spent 75 bucks driving there. Oh my God. It was, it was crazy. And that was my first outside match at a fair. Wow. It was a squash match, you know, and it sucked, but it was totally worth it, like, breaking the rules and going out and doing that. So, um, so that was for, what would you say, New, Eng- New England Championship? Yeah, New England Championship Wrestling, yeah. Okay, where were, where were some of the other places, like, while you kind of broke the rules of your year contract? Like, were there a bunch of other places that you you started going, or was it just kind of, like... A couple here and there before before the year. Well, no, I I I did that, and I really didn't. I didn't really do much after that. I like waited a little bit, did a lot of training because it was like my first booking outside. But we we had a birthday party before that, and then we did Maine. So it was like you know I was still not not considerably allowed to do it because I didn't want to lose my training. So. I, it's the only training in this, you know what I mean? I didn't want to, yeah. I, I don't want to, I'm not like that. I don't go behind contract words. You know what I mean? But yeah. I was a female and I still wanted to, I wanted to know what it's like to walk in a room of female wrestlers being that I only have so many female friends. I have a lot of guy friends and I already get not the vibes. Not that I don't get along with girls. I just come off very bitchy looking and very like mean. And I'm really actually not like, if you actually are just like a nice, respectful person and just, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I like everyone. Don't, like, don't give me a reason to dislike you, which most people don't. Just, I'm not, I'm a nice person. I just don't get along with many females. So it was, I just wanted that experience, like, to walk in and be able to just learn by shaking everyone's hand. I remember shaking this one chick's hand. I'd, I'd love to smack her right across the face still to this day because I remember shaking her hand and she, like, cupped and left, like, mad space in my hand. And I even learned that growing up from shaking hands from my father. That's disrespectful. That just shows, like, you're already a bad person, you know what I mean? No eye contact. I just learned that way, but right. I, I couldn't do many more matches, so I'm not, I, I mean, I, I chilled out for a while, I wrestled, you know, and I was, I was powerlifting, too, and I, I would get criticized by my trainer about that because he's like, you need to pick one or the other, and I told him I can do both, and I did. I, I was able to do both for two years, but my wrestling career picked up. I got hurt, and I got older, <laughs> so... Uh, but I haven't had many more matches after that. I actually waited till the end of the year, about two months before my year. And Dynasty, I had Chris Envy messaging me, like, over. And um, they're not really, like, fans of each other. So <laughs> I knew, like, once I did that, I lost the other side. But I was going to lose it after a year anyways, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. And I should be able to take any booking I want. When you want my, me to get exposures, even if I'm getting the rate I'm at, 
If I'm getting the work, if I'm going out there and getting exposure and it's local, why? what's the beef over? You're not running shows. So yeah. I, I never understood that in the beginning. So really I ended up doing all the school mentality. Exactly. So like now it's like you weren't running shows at all. You know, you did birthday parties inside of a rented uh, state, like huge building, like no windows, back door and a big garage door. And the rest was all, you know what I mean? So it's like you didn't run shows. You did birthday parties for kids. So it's like I don't get why you're trying to stop me from getting exposure in my own hometown. It's not like you're running shows. So they eventually got over it because I started wrestling for Dynasty and I wrestled with Gemma Cross for one of my third matches um, at Dynasty. And then Tara Callaway came out and choke slammed me. Nice. <laughs> um, that was so, the year. That's the rundown. <laughs> there was um, on our first episode of our podcast, King Leon. I made the <laughs> mistake of thinking that he worked at the Dynasty. One, because you guys had a match together. But also because at the time of your match that you guys had together that I was exposed to him, he wore purple and gold and had a lion on his back. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally made a mistake. It was like, hey, uh, what was it like working at the Dynasty? It's like, well, funny story. Never did. <laughs> but then we talked about you know you guys at PWT and working each other. So uh, was that was I, I, that was one of my funnest matches. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so how did you get to like PWT? Like, was that earlier in your career? Or? Uh, I wrestled for PWT, I believe three times. Okay. Um, yeah, three times I was supposed to go up there for the fourth and, um, change the date conflict, uh, interfered with my championship at, uh, other promotions like PPW and immortal. Right. So, um, how I got there, um, they ran on a Sunday and, um, I remember, I had to go to Maine one day after PPW, so I wrestled for PPW, and I remember I drove home three and a half hours from PPW in Hazleton, and I would go to sleep, and I would wake up at, like, 6 o'clock, and I had to drive another six hours to Gorham, Maine, and it was, like, traumatizing. The yeah. one time I did it was, like, I, I actually was wrestling for ECWA when I was their women's championship or women's champion or whatever. I was there with my dad and my family. They actually, you know what I mean? They, they went with me. Uh, my dad went with me and they, they rode in the car. So I went to, they dropped me off and we stayed, we stayed in a hotel that night. We went, walked the beach. It was chilly. It was still March. Right. The next day. So I'm in Atlantic city. I'm four hours away from my house. Oh, I have to go. I have to go <laughs> about four hours. This was closer, about four hours from my house to me. Mm -hmm. So I actually no, I had my car. I drove down there and then they rode down. That's what it was. I had my red car. They drove their Honda down. I have, so we had both our cars and then I slept, went out with Amanda, actually went out and walked the boardwalk till like one o'clock in the morning, went to sleep, woke up, got ready. I was like, my dad was watching me get ready in the morning. He woke up. He goes, I was like, what are you doing? And he was like getting dressed, like yeah. getting coffee. I was like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going with you. You're not driving alone. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, nah, you're not going alone. You're just not doing it. He's like, I'm, I'll go with you. I'm up, Chris. I'm up. <laughs> I remember saying oh, this, that. This was and at was the, like, uh, the, the showboat in the old the house. The showboat. Blues, right? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm on the board. I'm literally like walking distance from the boardwalk, right? Yeah. It was Showboat. I'm at the hotel, like that's the next where. Like I think it's like there's a yeah. there's a bar at the top and near uh, the casino and stuff like that. Yeah, it was so, the old House of Blues, actually. Yeah, yep. I, I I suck at remembering things, but it was just. Oh, an no, awesome well, I went to a time. concert there once. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was. So I looked at him. I said, "Dad," he's like, "You you were out all night," and he said that he's like, "I don't want you driving alone." You have to drive six and a half hours, seven hours. You have to drive seven hours. It's already six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. We still got to fill my tank and get there. And the show starts at three. Oh, Call wow. time's one. It says Sunday show, baby. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we filled the tank. I filled the tank. My car, I let my dad, my dad wanted to drive. I put the contact in. I was wearing the contact at the time, driving in the passenger seat of my car for like one of the first times, you know, and my dad drove straight until we had to refill my gas tank about an hour and a half away from where the, the show was and i was late so we filled my tank he drove five hours and i was in the passenger seat and i just did because he can't drive at night he gets tired so i just did the six i did the four and a half hour drive home but my dad did the troop for me dad came through and was like i want to go i you know i'm up these kids are they're gonna stay here all day you know because my niece and nephew and my my stepsister and my stepmom were there so he's like i'll go with you and that was just like awesome because when we got there, the show is on. I know I'm on after intermission. I run in. I'm wrestling uh, Allie at that time. I did the match with Allie Rex. So and you're already. That's why I wasn't so stressed. <laughs> so I, I already, you know, I already kind of got halfway dressed in the car. Did one of those with my dad. My dad's like, "What are you doing?" I go, "Dad, just so you know, this is the real life situation." <laughs> and I told him, "I was like, you're you're a real roadie right now." So. You know what I mean? I hopped in the back seat and kind of did like a half change and stuff like that. Hopped in and then my dad was waiting by like a pillar. And then there was like a three-man tag with like RJ Rude. And like, I remember, I think it was like, uh, I don't, I can't even remember. There was a whole bunch of tag teams. And then RJ Rude flipped off the top of the balcony. My dad's at the doorway where the bar is and practically watched this guy fall. My dad just had the best time. That's all. But that was like the longest, craziest drive I've had. That's so wild. Um, so oddly enough, uh, you're probably one of the few wrestlers just because we're friends that I know your whole freaking career. Um, what was your yeah. experience with pro wrestling after dark? Like what were your thoughts on that? And, uh, what was your match like there? I honestly really love working, um, for that promotion. I, 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 I honestly believe, you know, the promoter is very professional. Um, he cares about his talent. I know they only run rarely, so um, I, I have nothing but positive things. But other than my ma matches, um, they were freaking awesome. I had two matches with them. Um, it was with Danny. Oh my god, I came out to I put Dan I forgot his last name. Oh my god, if you remember, I'm pretty sure if you do Danny Dem Demito or Demato or something, I forgot his name. I put him through a door. That's all I remember. This guy, Danny, I put him through a door. Oh, it was just, it was crazy. And then my other you match, I had in the mask. No, oh. I was, that's my partner. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about the other one okay. that was with Penelope. with Dan. Oh my God. This is horrible. I hope they don't ever listen to this. Cause they're going to hate me. I gotta look it up. <laughs> I don't remember, but, either, but he was, he was incredibly vulgar. I remember that. I remember he smacked my ass on right. live on live on the match, and I literally was like, "I'm putting this fat 
fucker through the door. Excuse my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. You can, this is. Uh, he smacked no my limits. ass. How, yeah. Who does that? Like disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how he does it. So, but whatever. But that was a good match. I hope you can beat these things out. No, no, no. This is this is. No <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Screw it. It's uncensored. Uncensored. All right, well, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That moment when you realize you're allowed to swear. So I knew I knew you guys are gonna laugh. No, that's good. That's good. I I remember watching that live. Like they were live streaming that. I do like the idea of being able to be fully uncensored. So I I, I, I like pro yeah. wrestling after dark. I enjoy that. I do. I'm not gonna lie. Seriously, like it was it was Sandman put on a good show. You know what I mean and. Mm-hmm. You know, a Nick Nick Cage and all that stuff, like the crazy matches. You know, I honestly going out there and having a match with those guys, I was I was not nervous. I was just nervous yeah. because it was a totally awesome new feeling to do. It's like a good nervous. Well, when I went out there, the energy was awesome. So like the you, the people just loved it. You mentioned Nick Gage and like you you kind of like that uncensored aspect. Would GCW be something you'd be interested in if you had the opportunity? Uh, uh, honestly, no. I, I'm not interested in uh, doing that. Like that, like, like the hardcore level. Or... I don't want to bleed. I, I mean, if I bleed, you know what? If someone makes me bleed. I respect that to the point, but I don't want to. Yeah. I don't need to fight to the point where I'm bleeding, and I need to make my point po- opponent bleed unless they're really like that big of a fighter. You know, like we're being realistic here. So right. I, I just am not into barbed wire. I'm not into that. I mean, unless. I'm having a war with a chick, you know, during, you know, storyline and stuff like that. And I want to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to go really, out there and just really do it on a regular basis. That's not my type of wrestling. No, nope. you're not going to be the female new Jack. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And I, no disrespect to anybody. Like I gave Maria Manic so much credit for what she did when she decided to do that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she, mm-hmm. she doesn't do it now, but like, damn girl, like shit. Like, you know, I even said that to her a long time ago. Like, I give her respect when we were at, um, battle club pro. Last no, last year, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean th- those uh, they're not like completely all deathmatch style, but I personally I don't like the deathmatch style myself. I think it's like it's not really wrestling. It's just yeah. it's just a show. Um, but yeah, that I just thought that'd be interesting because a honestly, lot of table, people... tables and ladders and all that stuff. I I want to have that type of match. Yeah. I actually said. You know what I would really like if anybody heard this, if they really would like to do this, and she's down for it too because me and her would beat the living shit out of each other. Right. Me and Allie want a, want a promotion to have us come in and have a cage fight. Allie Rex? Yep, Allie Rex. Okay, well, I mean. Hey. I, I like, nobody's, you know, when do you ever hear like two girls in a cage fight on the indie scene? I mean, you see like a cage fight with like yeah. certain promotions that put a cage together, but whenever do you see on the indie scene that? It's rare. No, I mean, I think those are great ideas because I think people need to progress the idea of women's wrestling to be just wrestling and not have to label mm-hmm. it women's necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, I asked about GCW because like, it seems to me like a lot of the people that are getting noticed now are going through companies like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's really interesting. I don't really care for that style of wrestling either myself. Um, I mean, I, I still I want to step up. I do. I want yeah. a chance like that. But again, well, it seems like you know, like if you did do things like cage matches, ladder matches, obviously you have to find the right promotion to allow those things. But yeah, that's that's something not a lot of people are doing in the women's wrestling scene. 
I mean, crap, I remember my friend Nate, rest in peace, you know, like he used to get those light bulbs. This is before I was into wrestling, and I remember he was a crazy motherfucker. He had missing two front teeth, gauge earrings, Moloch, <laughs> talk like that. They used to call him Smiley. I'll send you guys a picture of him after, and you're going to completely be able to image it. He was insane. The reason why his teeth kept getting knocked out is because when he was little, he fell off a bike and smashed his face on the concrete, got him fixed, and then he got in a fight. Got in a bar fight, beat up seven cops, got out, then he beat up seven <laughs> eight, so he just decided to keep all his teeth out. He's like a round, roly-poly, smiley kind of guy. So he's no longer here, you know. So he 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 was just, he smashed light bulbs over his head in his basement and listened to rock metal music. And I was, remember, I remember I was 15. I shouldn't even been over his house because he was like 28 at the time. So I was like, I went over there because, you know, being young and stupid at the time, you go with friends that you meet through school and stuff like that. This guy used to smash light bulbs over his head. And I remember being 16 and he's like, it doesn't hurt. And I just was so curious. And I remember taking one and doing it and I haven't got the chance to do it since. Right on. Hmm. And it's been 10 years, 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. That's a. I mean, we're learning a lot about your hometown. <laughs> I know it's 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 crazier. I'm not crazy. I'm I'm, I'm I mean I am, okay. but not like that. Right. <laughs> sure. No. Um, <laughs> so during a lot of this time, uh, we're talking about other promotions. During this time, you're also at Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling PBW, which hey, that's where we met. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk to me a little bit about your time there and maybe some of like your bigger matches or like feuds. Um what it was like for you and you know what what are some of your notable moments cuz I know that's obviously it's where you worked a lot of names at, so. Um I would say hmm, my biggest match is where to start. Uh my first my first match even being there, I know it's not like a name or anything was a fatal four way when I first went there. And it was with Ali Rex, Ariella Nix, and Sammy Pandora. And it was a freaking awesome fatal four-way. I think you remember it. If you oh, were yeah. there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I came in like a wrecking ball. Let's just say that. And uh, after that, I kind of really showed, like, my inner strength and, like, what what I can put to the table for PPW, you know. And I started climbing up the ladder, you know, and then started having matches with Ali, you know, getting my shot chance at Ali because – you know, I was the top dog besides champ, you know, so I had a battle with her forever, you know, chasing that title, chasing that title, you know, and I had the fans behind me and fans behind her. It was a very hard, like, pick. It, it was an interesting dynamic because they loved her it, as a champion, but they immediately gravitated to Yes, that's exactly what happened. And it was like, you know, they didn't know what to, who to pick, what to pick, what to do, or, you know, what it doesn't, you know. So, and then... Me and her battled back and forth, and then Miranda came in, you know, out of nowhere with assists with Ryan Race, bullcrap, and stuff like that. So the only reason why she even got what she got, and she won the championship from Ali that rightfully was mine, that I should have freaking won. Um, I ended up going after Miranda, and Ali kind of was, like, not really looking at me in any type of way, even though we were fighting for it. Right. It's the fact that sportsmanship, sportsmanship, and you know what I mean, like, we shake hands at the end of the day. Miranda, she cheats. She's, you know, part of that freaking stupid group. I don't know, whatever the hell they think they really are. They come out and bother everybody's damn matches and their lives and stuff and ruin it. 
So whatever, you know, so whatever. I, I started getting really pissed off, you know, at that time. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I was really getting over it. And, uh, but I managed to snap out of it, you know, like I said, get through hard times and got my happy face on and I pulled through and I won. I beat Miranda and I won the championship. So that's like, and, a, you know, it's like a really kayfabe way of telling that story. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, a lot of kayfabe going on, which, which is, is fine. It's totally cool. fine. But now, Mike, well, hey, that's how I talk. Is, I must say, it's like half half what it is, half what it isn't, right? Well, so, it definitely is. But, like, from like the backstage uh, perspective, would it have meant more to you to win that from Allie? Um,. Actually, yeah, it would have been more because the fact of me fighting for so long consistently with her, um, I, I felt like it should have been from her. I should have won it from her. That was that was me. I didn't get where Miranda came in. I got the chance to get in a three-way. Where the heck did she come in to even place there? Didn't make sense. I don't know. I think money was, was thrown around, whatever. That's what I always think, <laughs> like I said. Well, then, like, Allie comes back. And she has like a grudge match with Miranda, but Miranda no longer has a title. Is that correct? Yes. And, and then, so you and Allie never got to have like a title match where you won it from her or she won it back. That never happened. No, no, she never got her rifle rematch. And you know, um, there was mo- there was one time actually she was supposed to make it to a show, and I think a conflict happened. I'm not sure what happened. Again, you know. But some, I think she was supposed to come. Something happened. Mm-hmm. But so I ended up getting bigger matches. This is what we were talking about earlier with the bigger matches. That's kind of the storyline that leads up to my really bigger matches that came in with having big dogs come in and try to take my 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 stuff. You know, after Miranda. Right. So yeah, before and, we get and Allie right. kind of faded away. Yeah. So well, it's like who's coming have- in? You know, we got Adina Steele. That's. Uh, you know, she just came in, you know, she's a newcomer and stuff trying to climb the ladder. I remember those feelings. I remember the confidence I had, but she ain't, she ain't, she ain't topping me. We already made that clear. So I, <laughs> well, so, so, I kinda so, you know, I want to go in like a, a little bit of an order here. Um, before we get to like, um, uh, what's your name? Uh, Mercedes and like the Nyla thing. Cause that was like a neat little storyline in itself. Who were, like, if you want to just name drop some of the names you did work at PPW? Tessa Blanchard. Oh. I worked, obviously, Mercedes Martinez, Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. I worked I worked Blue Pants. Yeah. I worked uh, Veda Scott. Um, That's a name? Yeah, well. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. She was special to me. I mean, I love her, so she was special to me. So, <laughs> so um. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I'm trying to I think. apologize. She was not the nicest to me. So, no, well, no. She. I'm not gonna lie. At first, she was not nice to me, as any other female is. And I think after a couple times I worked her, you know, I we actually got along. Like it's crazy how that's like how I I think it was with Jordan Grace too. Like you know what I mean? When I worked her after that, it was like we were cool. You know what I mean? But at the right. same time, I, I business is business. We're all out here trying to chase the same thing. If I had to step on your toe, toad or pull your hair to get up in your spot i would do it you know yeah. and I, I wouldn't blame anybody else to do it um any other i no i mean i i actually was in a match with rhino um i was in a three-way match i was intergender match yes. with rhino when i tried defending my boyfriend from getting beat up and ended up backfiring and i ended up uh getting back down so i was with um adam 
Adam Chandler, Johnny Moran. It was me. And then we were against, I believe, Rhino, Fox, and Adina. Right. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Good times. (laughs) So for me, one of the cooler storylines, just uh, because the one – video that was made and i'm not trying to toot my own horn um but like well, it ends up happening on this podcast quite a lot <laughs> we're, we're only four episodes in and like at least three of them he's already put himself over had the talent put him over so we're, we're getting used to it by now no but uh, <laughs> uh, like, so you had you had lost your title to mercedes martinez um and, yeah and then you um you get defeated afterwards by Nyla Rose, and then you venture on this road of redemption and reclaim your title from Mercedes. Um, can you talk a little about like that storyline? How maybe was it supposed to go, or um, did it go as planned, or were things changed, or how did that go for you? All right, let's first talk about who I was really supposed to wrestle in that match in March, and we all know who it really supposed to be. It was supposed to be Kate. Caitlin from you know former WWE star Caitlin. She was supposed to be there, and so I already was preparing myself for two months, knowing if I was going to win, defend my champ, you know, defend my championship this month and beat this person. My biggest challenge I'm already looking is almost three months ahead. You know, who's coming in, you know? And I was like, I trained so hard for that, and I was ready. I was going to be a big deal for me to prove, you know, my strength versus her strength and history and background. And then something happened, and she got replaced, and Mercedes Martinez replaced her. Not going to lie. Kind of sweat a little bit because, you know, where Mercedes' background, it's like, damn. (laughs) I, I like, laugh about it now because, like, I know damn well, you know what I mean? I know what she's working with. I've been in the ring, and I, I got my title back at the end of the day, but when I lost it, I, before I lost it, I was sweating. So yeah. it's just, you know what I mean? Like she, she's very, you know, she comes off very intimidating. You know, she kind of gets in your head without even trying to get in your head. It's like her whole body demeanor. It's like crazy. So she got in my head beforehand, you know what I mean? And the fans weren't really behind me. And it was like, they, I didn't really notice it then. You know what I mean? It was like a little bit, maybe I was just being insecure because I just lost my championship, but they weren't sorry for me. I just, I heard happiness as I rolled, as I got lost my championship from a dragon sleeper hold. <laughs> never been in one, never were going to expect that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't, I didn't, I, not that I'm expecting everyone to cry. I don't, I'm not expecting everyone to like get me attention, but it was like, did you really care? You know what I mean? Like you, you cared for other people longer, but like, and I, I, I started losing it. I started not being able to train. Right. I started going to the gym, missing lips and, and being mean. And, and I caught myself snapping like, and I, I next month match scheduled. I seen it's AEW Nyla Rose. And I was just like already mentally completely trying to get myself back. And I was like, all right, Big weight, big pickups. We got to strategize. Just got to get through this. You know, I, I still get my rematch from Mercedes. Like, even though she's not here this month, you know what I mean? Like, I still get my rematch. You know what I mean? Win or lose, I get my rematch. You know, but I'm going in, whatever, you know. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I ended up not not being able to strategize correctly. Nyla Rose ended up overpowering me. I, I did the best I could in the beginning. I was up on her. I was up on her. 
you know, I got on the back of her, tried to give her a sleeper hole. She stood up, boom, back. I was in the buckle. And before I know it, I just felt my body taking a beating after beating and her leg dropping me. I like choking. It was just, and again, where was everybody's emotion? You know what I mean? That's when I lost it. Right on. I lost it in the locker room. People, wrestlers were trying to touch me. I was like, I even told John to get away. Everyone get the away. You know what I mean? Like I was over it. And that's not, I was, I said, screw the fans, screw everybody. And then all of a sudden, Miss Adina Steele comes in and everyone wants to praise her. And I showed them, oh, you want to praise somebody like that? You want to see what an ass kicking is really like? You want to see pathetic meanness? And I went out there and I showed them since they want to cheer everybody else. And then all of a sudden, boo me and then not even show me any attention. It's, it's really, that's, that's the storyline. And then I ended up getting my title back. And I don't really give a crap if anyone likes me or not. Fair enough. <laughs> So, you know, then you uh, you get to challenge and you win your title back, which is you know, is a really sweet ass moment, I thought. Um so like from from a outside perspective, like it was interesting because like you're trying to per- portray this like, you know, screw the fans type of a thing. Uh, yeah. But like in reality, there were still all these fans that still loved you so much. And they were, and there were still like these fans that were like diehard rooting for you, and you're like, no, you're supposed to hate me. Like, well, stop. I had to tell a girl she smelled, and she still didn't want to boo me. Like, what do I do? Yeah, what do you do in that sense? I remember going to a TNA uh, event in Reading, PA, many years ago. Rhino was in uh, TNA at the time, and they come to Reading, and he's supposed to be the heel. He comes out, he starts talking trash on Reading, but apparently all of Reading loves Rhino. And uh, Well, because they're ECW people. Right. So everybody's like, Rhino, Rhino, and he's like, no, don't you cheer for me, all you filthy, smelly, whatever. And they just like, nah, fuck that. Talk shit on us. We love you. <laughs> so, like, you just had to like completely abandon this heel character. It's like, all right, fuck it. You want to let me love me. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the really big storyline with a uh, PBW. And then currently, you know, I just been dominating, you know, and then all of a sudden you got another little grasshopper newcomer coming in, you know, Danny, you know, so, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to lie. She's got some, she got some smoke to her, but still, she doesn't top the courageous one, you know? Well, who does? I know. I don't even get why she even, you know, comes in and tries to get these opportunities because, you know, because everyone loves her and her man, you know what I mean? Yeah. And everyone just wants to boo me some more. So, so I don't care. Do you, <laughs> do you see, like, other women in the business as, like, a competition? I mean, because you kind of do because we're all looking for a common goal, which is to get signed. But, like... Are there things that other female wrestlers do that necessarily you like would be like, hey, you know, I'm not going to cheapen myself to that level, you know, to, to get myself over? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Just like to cheat my way to get over on them or them get over on me. Uh, no, I mean, like in general, like um, maybe the way they hold themselves or present themselves or uh, maybe like 
like morals or like, hey, like sign up for my OnlyFans account or something stupid like that. Um, whereas like it doesn't really seem like, you know, it seems like you may be above those things to me. Um, like, are you talking about like the, the, the fan pages? Or are you talking about like moves in the ring? Like I was thinking of like, what you're talking about is like moves in the ring. Like if somebody like was saying like, Oh, Hey, you're going to take this move. And then I look at them and I'm like, in reality, um, you're not giving me that move. You know, no, like the easiest example is uh, like, okay, so a lot of females like may use uh, in their social media, like sexuality and stuff like that to get over. Yeah. Like it's a cheap I way. don't do much of that. <laughs> like, the th- like the thirst trap photos like, and stuff like that. Yeah. Not yes, that I don't you... do much of that, you know, and I noticed that in the business is that you kind of really have to do that to get seen quicker. It, um, yeah. It's like a cheap way, but it's like. You don't see you doing that, but you still you still are getting over, and I think yeah, that, I'm know. getting over with the fact of just being myself and being sexy in that kind of way. Like, and of course, I have like once in a while, like in the summertime, I post bathing suit pictures on this and that. But like, you're not gonna catch me. You're like deliberately like trying to do a sexuality photo of you. Image like I try not. You know, I'm not out there to literally be someone's spank bank. I'm not fucking right. trying to do that. And it, you know, so no matter what, there's an eight by ten on someone's wall of me and my gear that it's someone's spank bank. We know this, yeah. so it doesn't. You know what I mean? There's foot fetish people out there, so I just don't <laughs> do much. Like I've, like page the, the the Patreon and stuff like that. Like I've actually been thinking about getting into it, but mine is still not going to be like that. It's just going to show you a little bit more of my personal life, and then it gives you like per- percentage off of like merch. I'm not selling like half naked photos or me in a bathing suit or anything like that exclusive. The only exclusive thing you get maybe is in my gym shorts and a sports bra, which I already post on social media. Now I'm just going to take it off my social media as much and use it for that. If you want to see more of my personal life and I'm not going to do like bathing, like I'm not going to do like sex exposing photos, but I still want to be in a, a really classy kind of way. You know what I mean? So I'm doing it in that type of way. So I noticed a lot of people out there don't care. Like it's gross. Well, I think like one thing you can do, there's two points that I kind of want to make. I think one thing that you can do, like if you wanted to do those exclusive, like pay for things, you could do like, um, like, uh, like, like cameo, except don't do cameo. Do like, Hey, you know, if you subscribe to this or you pay for this, I'll give you a personalized video shout out. I just seen that too. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. You could do like personalized eight by tens, like with a special message, but it doesn't have to be sexual. And like, there are those creeps who are still going to be like sexually purchasing those things. Um, but I feel like personally, like back in like the early two thousands, nineteen nineties, you had Vince McMahon degrading the shit out of women sexually, and yeah, uh, I feel like women have come so far to where you have this women's movement in wrestling, but then you have these women who are trying to get noticed and get seen using sexuality to do so, and it, I feel like it, it degrades the whole movement. It does. It, it does. And I mean, I understand the hustle. I do. I understand. You know what I mean? Like, I do. I I get it. I just, I wish I had the, I have, I have cononas to do anything. Get what I'm saying? I'm not scared to do anything. Right. Not that I'm scared to expose myself. I, I honestly am even scared of posting bathing suit pictures. Not that I don't want to. I want to. Like, 
makes me feel good. Not that it's exposing like the way they pose, but I have a father out here. And I guess I, I understand some people don't have daddy issues or never had a dad and stuff like that. But my dad is number one. My dad, I lost, like, again, my mom, my dad's been my rock. Right. And my dad supports me, advertised for me. And I understand that it's going to be like a photo shoot, bathing suit picture. Like, you see, even WWE does it. It's not, it's just, it's what it, it's going to happen. He knows it. But I just, it mortifies me for my father, even on Facebook. Like, he doesn't have Instagram, but like, I don't want my father to ever have to type my name in and then it pops up a half naked picture of me. Yeah. It, it mortifies me. It literally, it freaks me out even talking about it now because my father should never have to. I don't know. I just, I, I that's how much respect and how I, that just shows you how I got raised right there. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Well, but like another point of it too is like when you really think of your character, like Chris, like courageous Christina Marie, like you're not, like flaunting any kind of sexuality either you're all about power power. you know what i mean so like so like it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to have those kind of like posts and stuff where some where where like some of the females use that in their gimmicks not to like exploit the whole female sexuality thing but just like it is part of their gimmick like for example you take like alana like the ravishing russian the whole sex appeal thing like that's part of her gimmick your courageous christina marie that doesn't really fit your gimmick either so i'm not saying you couldn't do it you could do whatever you want but like it it doesn't fit your image to do something like that either it doesn't no and it's you know i mean like i mean the most i don't know maybe the most sexiest thing that i could probably do is flex and i think that's pretty damn sexy so (laughs) i mean there's some guys that think that is pretty goddamn sexy so i mean besides you know the photos photos that photographers actually give the best angle besides those good angles i don't do anything really proactive i don't bend over when i get in the ropes you know i mean i do but i don't Ooh, you know what i'm saying like i'm not doing that you know like i don't I, I, it's enough that if I'm selling on the ground because the way my trunks were fitting, I, I, I notice if my ass is up in the air, I'm like, Oh my God, this person over here is staring at it. Like I, I think about that. Like I, it's not that I'm insecure. I'm like, I, I I'm just the exposing part. Like I'm not like, I can walk around my bathing suit top and shorts on a beach and stuff like that. I think it's just, it took me a while to be comfortable in my own skin and what I even wear out there mm-hmm. as it is with not being abs. And I had a power lifting gut and I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not, big but i'm not ripped in my stomach and that's my decision because i suck at cardio and diet at the same time it's either i cardio and suck at diet or i'm good at diet and suck at cardio or whatever vice versa so um i'm not sexual i don't try to do anything like that like you know what i mean like same with joey ryan with that gimmick wasn't doing it find someone else to do the flip i'm not touching your dick yeah and everyone wants to do it. I'm not doing it. Even if I didn't have a man at home or anything like that, I just, I'm not. It's enough that you got to grab someone's crotch to roll them up or grab their tights and try to not expose their ass. You know what I mean? You know, or put your head in between their legs and go up for a move, you know, while you're sweating your toxins out. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's just something I wanted to kind of ask, like a a women's wrestler perspective on, because, you know, a lot of the people that we have set up to do this podcast are like women who like are of a, they put out a strength factor. So you have like you and like Corinne Mink, who eventually be on the podcast. Uh, I just kind of wondered like, hey, you know, what, what, 
are you doing different and like why is that working because other people seem to have to resort to cheapening their morals a little bit you know well yeah i'm not even gonna lie i feel like if i did do that i would be a little bit farther than where i am but it's not for the right reason you know right and it, well, also at like, the end of the day, I got to go to bed and sleep with myself and think about my consciousness and about everything that I do and what's really out there. Because at the end of the day, we all have private stuff in our phone, even if it's personal, just for us. Like, oh, for you sure. know what I mean? Process, photo, progress, photos, text, uh, personal information, you know, that could always be hacked and like let out, you know. And I always think of that and I'm like, you know what? God forbid that happens in the moment of my life. It does. But like if I can prevent myself from putting like that type of product you know product out i'm gonna do it you know what i mean like i don't need to be you see what it does to people <laughs> yeah it's devastating um yeah so uh, yeah let's take off this topic because i feel like i don't want to offend anybody because like you know if it's naturally who you are like the maestro said like if it doesn't fit your gimmick like don't, don't yeah. do it if you don't have to. But like, if it fits your gimmick, like say like a Felicia Rose, like that's her real job. Oh well, that makes sense. Once yeah. you say her, of course, that's a totally different topic. Yeah. Yo, I love her. She's awesome. Oh, uh-huh. she's she's amazing. And like, it fits like that. Her, she is actually a sex worker, so it all makes sense. It all fits. Yeah, she really is. You know, what? I respect her hustle because she's so blunt about it. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. like, uh, I give it to her because you know the conf- Like again coming from where I am, even if my father was not here, God forbid, I don't mean that in any way. I don't think I could still do it. It's just the way I, it's, I give that, I give a credit, not, and I don't look down at females. I didn't look down at pe- females that strip. Honestly, I know it sounds crazy. No, I, I look down know. at people that like do drugs or rob from people. I look at that. Like some people are out there just trying to make an extra dollar. And if they're good at that and they can get away and dress up and be that way, I like me, how can you wrestle? And they call it, you know, I get, I hate when I'm at places and I hear people criticize wrestling. Sometimes I have to walk away. My dad's actually caught me where I'm like, <laughs> I start making noise. And he's like, go, Chris, go. Don't don't waste your breath. And I start, I'm like, I'm a race and never be def- defensive. But this is what I love. You know, you're going to be defensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So going back to kind of like this, this whole gimmick, because we talked about, you know, the courageous Christina Marie. Has this always been um, your gimmick, like pretty much since – day one like just that whole focal point of being that courageous kind of like powerful woman or was there something else that you started out with but then it has evolved into the courageous christina marie i pretty much started off like um almost like a cheerleader if you had to give an example the way i came out i mean i kind of still have that look with the concept of my gear with the wording on the front of my chest um, but when I first started off, I had Amazon gear, so it looked like dancing, but cheer, cheerleading. So I'd say right first, it, I did a lot of my flips in the beginning because I wasn't big yet. You know, I wasn't confident enough to really lift somebody up in a shaking ring. I, I still was trying to learn that. So at first it was like a cheerleader kind of thing. I never said courageous until, honestly, it's going to be like not even three years since it's been, because I'm going on four years wrestling. Um it's going to be like maybe two and a half years. I've been two and a half, three years. I've been going by courageous and it kind of just came along. Like I would get asked by, you know, are you going to come up with a name? Like I could never find a different name. Like my real name is Christina Marie, which obviously not my last name, but like I didn't come up with a name because I just never liked any other name. I just didn't want to get called Katie or didn't want to get called June or whatever. You know, I, I just, I couldn't, 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at pieces of paper, and it said the date and the month. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, I totally lost track because that was funny. <laughs> Coming up to the ring, Junebug. <laughs> but I never could find a name, you know. So I just was like, you know what? I was gonna do X Tina Marie or X Tina. But I got stopped to do that because of X Pac's being banned about all that porn. Mm. I don't know X Pac. Everyone's like, you shouldn't do it because of the X thing. So, and that was a opinion by I think my trainer. Which yeah. same thing. He told me never to dye my hair red. He told me to never stroll my stomach to put a onesie on. And there's other things that really happen between being honest. So I never listened to him. But look where I got now with listening to what I created. And I took his work ethic with wrestling, but made my own gimmick into me you know what i mean so mm -hmm. and it came with courageous because i was just thinking i was sitting here i was like what am i if you had to describe me what am i how do i feel what am i and it just clicked one day and i kept saying it. i was like courageous because i heard the word i was like, courageous i was like ccm courageous christina marie i was like does that flow so i kept starting to say it in front of people i was like, i'm courageous christina marie joking around and they're like is that your name and then i was like you know what <clears throat> doing it because what else have i fucking even ran with that's even remotely something i like and I said, if, I, if it bites, if it doesn't, hey, I can always just change it down the road, you know? Yeah, but you've been holding on to it for a while, and it's still working. Yeah, yeah it's still working. Still going so, strong. Still going strong. Yeah. Still going strong. So was there was there any other kind of, like, besides the X-Tina thing, was there any other, like, gimmicks or sort of, like, name changes or things like that that you considered, whether it was your own idea or somebody else, you know, tried to give to you or pitch to you in some way? Like, was there anything else under the radar? Um, like ideas thrown at me? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I didn't even like listen, like any ideas, like it, unless it stuck in my head, I would, anytime somebody would be like, Oh, like names, I've had friends, everything like, no, like nothing stuck. And even under the radar with anything else, it's just always been courageous. Um, I actually am still wearing, the same gear that I had for almost a year and a half because I've had conflicts with gear makers that just never want to fall through for me. I don't know whatever I do wrong. I, I've always sent my money. So I've actually went back to my old gear maker that made it beforehand. And I have him making right now just the same color concept of my old one until I have something up my sleeve. I'm just trying to brainstorm now what to do coming up. I kinda, I'm excited to work with it and show everybody down the road, but it still needs a little working. So nothing under the radar or nothing. It's just been courageous for the last, it's been my whole life or my whole life. Well, you know, the whole career. So with you keeping that, because obviously you've stretched that out pretty long and it, and like it, it hasn't gone stale. So with your creative process, like how do you keep that fresh for everybody to kind of still follow along with courageous Christina Marie instead of people kind of getting bored of like, oh, okay, here's courageous Christina again. Um. I love the way you worded that. Thanks. Well, I know, right? You're kind of like just like. Well, no, but like it's, the thing is, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Okay. It sounded bad, but it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like that's not happening. Was so that how, a shoot? How, <laughs> how 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 are you? Like, what do you do creatively to keep that fresh to prevent people like me, the asshole, saying, "Oh, here comes <laughs> courageous Christina." I'm always doing something new every time. <laughs> I'm in the ring doing something new, going to the top. I'm always doing something 
crazy ballsy. I'm going to jump off the top rope. Like people don't even understand what I'm really capable of. It's just a matter of who my opponent's going to push me to that level. Has anybody really pushed me to that level? You know, I've been in the four corners with Mercedes Martinez. We didn't really work much outside the ring. We stayed in, but like, if it comes down to it, like I have a Lucha background. So it's like, people forget that they think they just see like strong style, blah, blah, blah. But you got to forget, like, I'm not scared to do what any other wrestler can do. I can do it all. Don't underestimate me. And that's what makes it shocking every time it's underestimated. And it's, I'm, you know what I mean? It's just mind-blowing. Every time I do something, I get told, like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't expect that from you. That's crazy. Like, and I was like, that's what it takes to be courageous. And I always keep showing, like, keep watching, you know? For sure. So you do, like, traditionally... You do like the the uh, backflip off the top rope during your entrance at times. Um, is there yes. anything else like that you have in your back pocket that we haven't seen yet that maybe you are gonna eventually try to work in? Or I, I'm not scared to climb to that top of that rope and jump on one person, hundred people. I'm not scared, and I've done that for the Immortal Championship title. Yeah, and I, you know, and PPW never got the chance to really have me go balls to the wall because you know it always pushed me to that point to have to use that move set to do it but you know it you know in ppw your ring is very tall so just falling out the ring as it is it's taller than a normal ring on the independent scene northeast you know up up north you know so they actually have a real, very nice tall ring so so most of the companies you have like have a low boy ring yeah i i i, I do sometimes work for new york championship wrestling um I haven't been up there in a while, but I'm at Immortal. Dynasty has not ran in a while. Test of Strengths over here. You got um, uh, PPW. Uh, PPW, that's an P or PA, you know. And then you got PAPW in East Haven, Connecticut. So there's all different. Then PWT, it's just, they're about, no matter what, they're like three hours from each other, one another. No matter what, one another, but it's still far. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, we're kind of leading up to. I'm, I have a few more questions, and then we're going to lead into a thing that we call the gauntlet. Uh, it's just basically they can either be rapid fire questions where, like, I ask the question, then you just like whatever first comes to mind, or they if you have a story. Ooh, that sounds fun. It, yeah, it can, it can be. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> if you have a, like a a longer story that's attached to an answer, we can totally like stop and like talk that story out because that that can be fun. Just too. tell me to keep it short because I run my mouth. You no, know. No, don't do it short. <laughs> well, listen. I'm joking. The, the, the longer, the better. Um, I just I this isn't a face call. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how you get like you do get really energetic about some of your responses. Like, like I do. I'm very happy. I've been on my feet this whole conversation. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. I'm not gonna lie. I sat down for the first beginning, and then when we started talking, I started walking around. I think it's just wine. <laughs> you can be I had like a drink earlier, and then I drank it. Well, you what know, else to do long, during quarantine? As long as you're not slurring your words, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was I slurring my words? No. I mean, I, I, no matter what, I have. I always stumble over my words. I know that. Even in my promos, I, I, I see right there. Just, like you know, I just getting drunk. That's all. <laughs> you, you listen, Alex. You got you got buzzed with me before when I was oh, actually on the other side of those yeah. rails. You know what though, Maestro was there. Maestro was there. I too. was a fan that Great night. Time. Great time. Yeah. Oh, that fan! Was... Beautiful time. Good times. Absolute <laughs> blast. Well, you know what? 
Boom. New question. As a wrestler, what's it like being a fan at an event? It's so fun. It makes me feel like I, where I really started. Because I know what to, what to say and what parts to be amped up about now. I know I understand what part this is. And it's like, you know, I, I remember when I first started watching wrestling, I was like, why is he walking away from him? I used to be like, never understand that because I came from UFC background. Then once I understood wrestling, got into it and realized the whole con- concept of it, I can watch it now and I'm like, they be like handshaking, walk around, lock up, and then you're like, what the hell are they doing? Anybody that doesn't like wrestling, you're like, all right, turn this shit off. No, I'm like, all right, watch that one left foot over the other. Look at that body language. What are they going to do next? You study it. You know what I mean? But I'm still amped and like, lock up, bitches. You know? <laughs> it was great watching you critique the This poor family in front of us was like going to die because oh I was screaming. Christina's <laughs> heckling was the best. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Best thing is watching Johnny Moran and Andy Hedder wrestle. Oh, that was match of the night. Well, yeah, the it, was night. A, it was a really good match. Definitely most intimate match of the night. Mm, but for that's, sure. That's uh, that's for another time. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different time. <laughs> so, okay. So one of my favorite questions uh, is who have you worked time and time again, like an Ali Rex, if there's anybody else, please shout them out. And, how have those matches like improved over time? Like as far as your uh, in-ring chemistry. Besides Ollie Rex, I would say my in in-ring chemistry. Um, let me think real quick. Uh, I mean, it could honestly, be, it could be Ali Rex. Like I, I know you guys have worked. It, me and Ali had out of everybody I've ever met. I don't know. I think it's because I'm I'm honestly personally close with her. Or we built really close friendship. Um, me and her actually can go out and do a match on the fly. Um, and the second person I was actually able to do that, that's actually the second person I'm comfortable with doing that, was Sammy Pandora. And I just did that recently, okay. actually leaving Atomic Championship Wrestling, getting in the car, driving an hour north to Hazleton to wrestle for Cappy. It was like a live wrestling show he does. And I wrestled Sammy, walked in, had eight minutes till I walked out there, put on my, put on my other wrist tape because I ripped off the wrist tape and I had... I had untied my shoes because they were too tight. So I had to retie my shoes up. We went out there and we just walked and talked, you know what I mean? So, and it was best chemistry because, you know what I mean? Like we understand each other. She knows, you know, I'm not soft when it comes down to being, you know, hit. Like, you know what I mean? We, we want, we want to have a good match. So we go out there and we, there's a comfortability of chemistry. So I'd say her, Allie, um, the person I'm also, um, I'd say I'm comfortable with wrestling as a female. It's like, uh, it's hard to say. It's so like, I, I, I don't even really know. I would say them too. Honestly, I'm going to just stick with them too. Cause I never really got the chance to wrestle a female multiple times. I did beta Scott multiple times. I had a single match with her mm-hmm. and then I've had multiple man matches with her, but, um, and I, yeah, I, I would, have, I would have to say those two. I'm going to stick with them too. I just know I'm thinking too hard. <laughs> That's cool. So like, yeah, you guys, do it on the fly. I mean, you guys have to be like seriously comfortable with each other. So you just gotta know. I know their move sets, so it's like our, we can already like instead of me just knowing what I have in my back pocket and what's what 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 codes I'm Mortal Kombat beating. You know what I mean? Like I know her code, so it's like <laughs> I look at it like that. Like I got cheat. I got codes. You know what I mean? Like circle, circle, triangle, X. You know Maybe. all that shit. I haven't played PS2 in forever. I don't know how I even remembered the shapes. I don't think anybody's played PS2 in forever. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, they're playing a lot of it now. Woo! That's uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Christina. You're so funny. <laughs> Sorry. She's drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I have wines. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So what's next for Christina Marie? Um, both like professionally and, you know, personally, uh, moving forward after the quarantine, like, what are you setting up for yourself? If um, I was, it's hard to say, cause it's like, where do you really try to set yourself up when the world's all shut down? You know, um, it's kind of like everything's open. If I was said, if this didn't happen, I was just trying to work on my body being, top shape because that's what you really need to be um mm-hmm. and i was really just trying to focus on my merch and like i said i have i'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to work up something up my sleeve um different design different kind of like wave and i'm just like i don't really want to say too much more because i know i'll give it away with the wording so that i'll say sober or not <laughs> and um, uh, no it's just like you know i you know, I think you know a little secret about it, but I'm going to keep it away for a while because yeah. it's still, you know, conspiracy. So, yeah, there's, some, there's some really uh, creative things coming down the pipeline from you once we're able to get back to live events, for mm-hmm. sure. And, and you can kind of almost look at that like it's kind of still me. Well, I mean, it is because that is me. It's just in a Actually, different version. Well, what it is, really, it's it's Christina Marie Evolved. And that's, that's, that's all we can really say about that. I think without giving anything away, um, is I think your creativity as a character is about to go through the roof. And I think it's going to be really, really freaking awesome. Um, but some of the other things that you mentioned, like keeping your body, uh, like tip top during this, cause once wrestling hits, you're going to want to get back out there and get back out there hard. And some yeah, people are going true. to be you know, either winded or just not in shape anymore. And there's probably going to be a lot of people not coming back. You know, that's what I was thinking. Exactly. Is that there's probably a lot of people not coming back. Like it's too long of a period. You know what I mean? And the people that really don't keep their body in shape and at all, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the people that's been in the business long, but I mean, have stayed at a certain level their whole lives. Um, they're not going to probably come back, you know? Right. And, um, it's hard. Like I, it's hard keeping your body. Uh, it's so hard. It's like, I, I, my thing is, is I, I'm not on meal plan right now. And even though I should be, um, on a clean diet, it's hard for me to eat at all right now because I'm not doing anything. And even if I do stuff around the house, mm-hmm. I'm used to walking, I'm used to dental assisting. I'm used to moving and consistently eating and my body burns calories. I can't even burn enough calories for me to get through maybe two or three meals just in a day itself when I'm used to six. I can't even take more than one shake of protein. My body doesn't want to consume it because I'm home. I'm resting. Yeah. I'm doing this. So mm-hmm. it's hard. So I actually noticed since I'm eating less, I might as well eat somewhat okay. So like it'll be through like the other day, I'm not going to lie. I bought like last week, I bought sandwich meat and stuff like that. But like it's just like it's stuff I haven't had in a while. What I do is I'll literally have a lunch, but I actually lost. I like did my meals like normal food, even though it doesn't sound healthy. Like I did like normal, like I got special K in there. I got tuna fish, you know, I eat English muffin, wheat, you know, like all that stuff. Steak. I still eat my steak every day. You know, I mean, I tried them. I've been sick of it the last day, but I eat like that, but I've been not wanting chicken at all. 
And I feasted out on my friend's house the other day with a whole bunch of seafood. So I have shrimp. It's just like I changed up my diet with like almost it's like almost like a stupid keto diet. But it isn't. And I just noticed it. But I'm home. I actually lost a couple pounds, but it's not fat I lost. It's also muscle depletion I've lost because I'm not consuming over 200 grams of protein a day now and lifting a shit ton of weight. Right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's weird though. You mentioned the appetite though. It makes it's makes a lot of sense to me because during the quarantine, I've both lost a fair amount of weight, but not enough. That's to, awesome. Not enough to notice. But uh, <laughs> it matters. Anything matters. Yeah. But yeah, my appetite. It's so weird. Once the quarantine hit, hit like about a week or week or two into it, my appetite dropped. Like I have no desire for food almost at all. Uh, it's, it's terrible. Like I, I can't even eat in the morning. It takes me like almost three hours. I have two cup of coffee, two cups of coffee, and I'm like, why can't I eat? Like I used to, eat. It, and I try not. I go to bed hungry. I still wake up. I'll still sit here, and it's like my body is depressed and making myself not eat. There's some people that are opposite. They're just eating because that's all they can spend their money on is right. being home and eating. So it's definitely it's such a weird effect that this quarantine is having on everybody. But um, I know I'm losing my gains, man. <laughs> gains. Okay, so final question before the gauntlet. Um, anything else about your career or even your personal life um, that you don't normally get to talk about, or if you've done podcasts or interviews before that maybe you've wanted to talk about but nobody's ever just asked you? Is there anything you want um, people to know? No, no, I mean, no, I'm pretty, everything that I pretty much put out now is like really 100% who I am. Mm -hmm. um, other than, you know, I, I, that's really, I don't really hold anything back other than, you know, I drive a race, race car. I mean, I'm pretty obvious with that, you know, like a red, red Honda rice burner. I mean, mm -hmm. I want everyone to know it's red with black rims. That's what I want everyone to know. But, um, <laughs> There's nothing much anybody. I mean, if you don't, I mean, if you don't know me, of course you won't know anything. But if people know who I am, what I already put out there is 100% who I am. I think one of the interesting things about what we're doing on this podcast is that people get to, like, know about your wrestling career. But once they get to know you, it's just, it's a different level of fandom. It's a, diff it's a different connection when you hear them talk about them. You, you're so engaged and connected it's like almost like you know like fans like treat us like if they know us personally and that's how much engaged they are like if we're a family member or somebody that even if they said hi and got an autograph from us they're engaged they're connected in some way so they feel that vibe when they listen to us explain our lives or see videos and something that we're explaining or doing you know oh for sure all right, Maestro. I guess. Uh, do you want to cue it up? Should I cue it Is up? Is it the time? You, yeah, the time? you need to cue it up. You gotta right. cue it up. You ready for this? All right. <laughs> yes. The gauntlet. It didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't it happen. Didn't happen. It happened. On it my did not end. happen. It happened well, it didn't end. happen on my end, so I'm not as pumped as I usually am. All right, but listen. what's funny is when this is recording, you're gonna hear yourself. <laughs> you're gonna hear yourself talking about how you didn't hear it, right? Well, good. I already look like an asshole, then so it's, it's gonna not going to make any difference. It's going to be really <laughs> badass on the actual end product. Well, it, well, good. Then Funny, we'll then we'll, fi we'll last, fix it in post. Last week on Mark Adam Haggerty, it was like awesome after post, <laughs> and then you're just like, no, nah, didn't have the same effect. 
didn't echo, and there's like a crap ton of echo. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, whatever. Yeah. It's it's fine. It, no motivation for me, but no, that's cool. That's, cool. that's all right. Fuck it's cool. <laughs> it's all good. So I'm gonna. Let all right. You, yeah. Here comes your rapid fire questions. Uh, so here we go. Here's the gauntlet for you. So first one is the best match you've had so far, as far as like your work rate. So who 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 did you have the best match with so far in your career? The best match ever. Jeez. Um, yeah. I was trying to think of this, but it's so funny. Somebody asked me this the other day, and I couldn't try. Like, I, I, it's hard. I'm torn. Like, uh, one of my favorite, honestly, God, one of my favorite matches was uh, is Tessa Blanchard. I, it, I just enjoyed it because it's very technical-based wrestling. I mean, it's not, it's not very up and down. I mean, lucha or anything, but it's a very technical kind of old school wrestling, and that's exactly what I wanted. So I'd say my my favorite match was with Tessa Blanchard. Now, would you say that was like the most fun match you've had, or was that just like straight yeah. up best technical? That was that was technical. You know, I mean, the best match that I say like uh, the funnest match I had actually, I would say King Leon. Like I said, like I just that was just a so such an enjoyable match it was just like i got it was something different especially going with his character you know um i would say honestly i really i enjoy wrestling ali it's funny like i enjoy wrestling her i love me and mercedes matches um because she taught me so much within that those two matches um and i appreciate her guidance just from helping me you know uh build as my own you know uh I would have to say between them three, it'd be King Leon for the funnest, be technical, it'd be Tessa Blanchard, and then the other ones, I'd say between Ali and uh, Mercedes. Nice. All right, so this is where you get to tell us some stuff. What What do you find is the best, and what do you find is the worst quality in a promoter? <laughs> the best quality in a promoter is uh, being professional. Um I don't know if that even being professional, sorry. Um, and being respectful and not going behind his word or, um, just be professional, be exactly the businessman you are. Don't go, don't, you know what I mean? Don't try to cut people's pay, not pay them. Like the perfect, like the, just, just be a true businessman and don't be a scumball. Like, um, you know, people say, you know, you go to get your envelope and you're like, oh, hey, I got to pay you later. No, that's not how it is. And I've had even the closest person do that to me as a promoter. And I'm just going to leave it as that, not pay me after what I did for them the night I wrestled when I was main event in their show. And I literally was very, uh, <laughs> very disgusted um, because it's unprofessional. You don't do that. You communicate. You know what I mean? Um, so I'd say just with the pay, I'd say that with the pay and just how you take care of your talent and how you treat your talent, how you speak to your talent, how you listen to your talent about ideas. Um, I would say those things. Those are the good things. The bad things is just being a complete scumbag and not caring about anybody else. You know what I mean? And robbing people and saying, you know, or doing fundraisers and saying you're paying talent and just all that shit. Huh. That just reminded me. Never mind. But yep. Next question. <laughs> so you know your answer is kind of. Let me take a sip of this. No, I'm just kidding. What's the you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Oh, I guess we'll leave it at that. So <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what I you're mean, talking I, about, I but we won't see, talk I about still it. see the drama on Facebook now, like <laughs> about it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I literally laugh. I'm like, what is going on? Is everyone really still talking about this guy like in his stupid fundraiser saying he's gonna pay tell? Guess what? When I worked for him, I he never booked me for that show. Someone else booked me because he was the head booker and I made sure my money was in my PayPal that week before I went there because I knew I was under that name and he's known for not paying people. He has videos on YouTube about it and I didn't believe it. And then I hear about all these fundraisers you do for your stupid show and freaking New Jersey and shit. If you can't fill in the puzzle, bro, whoever's listening to this, you're, you're <laughs> cool. But you know what I mean? Like that's. That's probably a big scumbag. But I, I feel bad for him because he's mentally Jersey, ill. He's, like, so. mentally messed up. He like, mentally needs to, like... Someone needs to, like, legally cut him off of social media. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, these people... Those people deserve to be called out. You know, like, that's just that's just my opinion. Not even as, like, somebody in the business. Just, like... Just in general. Like, if there's just shitty people like that, they need to be called out. And they need to be called on the carpet for that shit. You know? Yeah, definitely. I agree. You know what I mean? I mean, hey, it's on Facebook every day. I don't know how much you're going to exploit the guy. I mean, pretty sure if you're going to work for him, you're, you're, you're going to work for him either way. I mean, hey, whatever. But, but yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll move off that one now. The gauntlet. Um, <laughs> gauntlet's getting spicy. I know. It's because it's past 11. <laughs> so, um, so we'll, we'll go, we'll go this direction. So what, um, and this is, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but what would you say would be maybe the most embarrassing moment of your career? <laughs> oh, my. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Which one? Never mind. You can't even pick because you don't know all of them. Um, let me pick just one. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, um, jeez. Uh, this it hasn't happened. This I would say my first embarrassing moment when I was like before I got the new gear. Um, I used to drink Red Bull before I went out my matches, even if I drank half a can, and I would take Bronchate. It's like a method that we take for powerlifting to open up your your airway. It's like asthma related. It helps with powerlifting. So um, that didn't work out um, after so long. I would take the Red Bull. I'd go in the ring and start doing all my flips. I do three ways. You know how three ways are? They're boom, 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 boom. I was that world of hurt. It was that was not my birthday weekend. It was like. It was the year before that. So, yeah. So, she, they, I had a three-way match with Paola and Kennedy Copeland, and we're going. I mean, they're moving. I mean, we called the whole thing, and they're moving. I kept telling Kennedy to slow down. <laughs> slow down. Slow down. We're getting to the point where we're doing the triple down, like where I think I catch Kennedy Copeland in the back, like a back suitcase kind of thing, and then I get hit by Paola or something. But long story short, I had to do, like, fast. I forgot what I did exactly. Because I, I knew I was going to throw up. I don't even remember how I remembered the spot. We went to do it, and we went to all do, like, a triple down. And we hit the move. I remember, I think it was, like, a tri- it was a, I picked her up as a back Samoan, and then Paola picked me up over her shoulder. So it was, like, one of those triple bump. And I went to roll over, and I rolled on my back, and the light was on me because it's in this armory. And I, I literally, my chest went like this, and my stomach went, and I felt it about to throw up. So I rolled. All I remember is, like, 
oh my God, I'm going to throw up. I can't have this happen. So I rolled out the ring, rolled out the ring, hit the ground. My, meanwhile, my dad drove an hour for this. So my dad is wondering what's going on because he see me laying there. Even they didn't know what was going on. We're all laying there, starting to count, you know, just hit. And I knew I was going to throw up. So I roll out. They thought I injured myself. I roll out, hit the floor, put my hands out, like act like I was going to go grab a chair, even though it doesn't make sense because I just took a move. So I kind of like flopped under the ring and I threw out, threw up all of my Red Bull next to the chair that was used for the main event of the show that they put under the ring. <laughs> and I was like, Bleh! and I looked over and I was like, oh my God. So I acted like I went to go pull that out. And then I was like, screw it, threw it back in. So it looked like I was going to do something. But meanwhile, the Red Bull, it was all liquid. It was all yellow. It was just water. Water, it was literally just no food. It was just like water. It was on the chair. And I was like thinking in my head, like, I was like, I got to get my envelope. I got to get my envelope because main event's about to go on. I, they know I went under the ring. They're going to know I threw up in the chair. They're going to grab it. I need to get the freak out of here. That was probably, my dad asked me, said, what happened? What, what, what happened? Why'd you roll out the ring? Was that supposed to happen? I go, uh, uh-uh, no, I threw up. He goes, I knew something happened. The girls were like, are you all right? Did you get hurt? Did you roll out the ring? I said, no, I had to throw up. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's fantastic. That, 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 that was embarrassing. That's it. And, um, other than that, I mean, I wasn't embarrassed. I remember I fought Sammy Pandora at ECWA at the Showboat. And she got sick during our match, and I still continue to give her a power bomb, and I still feel like an asshole about it. But like we're good, like I told you, like we're close friends. But she threw up. I gave her the power bomb, and we sat down in it, mm. <laughs> and it was like an egg sandwich she had. She was sitting out in the sun all day, sunburned like a lobster. And I remember, I think Richard, uh, what's his name, that does the recordings and stuff. I remember he was at that right angle and all I kept thinking is like, you see that wet spot in the ring and you can barely tell it's throw up. Every time I look at it, I'm like, damn, smack right on it. Like, pop up, boom. She threw up. I still threw I didn't know. I threw it under me legs and I, she's like, I threw up and it still did the pop up and got her. I was like, oh my god, we went right down on the throw up. Hmm. <clears throat> it's a lot of throw up stories. Yeah. yeah how about oh, that? Okay. Well, I didn't right. do that one. I didn't cause that one. so we'll we'll take it from there and we'll we'll flip to the other side so what accolade are you most proud of in your career like it can be a milestone it can be a championship whatever whatever you think um in my career uh i would I, i was honestly very happy i mean i won any champ any championship was a very such a awesome, memorable thing, and I'm honored. Um, the most people I actually was able to be in front of, besides extra work for WWE at that time, um, was in front of Impact when I wrestled Scarlett Bordeaux. Um, mm. I felt like I was on a totally different level of a promotion when that was ran at PPW's, you know, Holy Name School Impact. That I the 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 feel of just the way they had all the setup in our in our in our actual place that we had our own equipment you know what i mean so i felt very high at that point um not because of who i wrestled just the moment of where i was in with what i was in and and got the chance to be on twitch and stuff like that um that was an actual pay-per-view that that event yeah that was that was actually a real tv time (laughs) so um 
Yeah, so, I mean, we did another one, and we ended up doing, like, live. I think they did it online, and then the rest of the show was the pay-per-view when they came back at PPW. I'm not sure. I had a lot going on at that time, and it was so hard. I had a boogie out of the one show. They did the double show. What, they did it Saturday and Sunday, double show? Yeah, yeah, the Scranton mm-hmm. one. You had to piece out a little Yeah, bit. and I had a boogie right after the Saturday show because I had to drive home. I had to be at work at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I guess, like, through the grapevine, Mikey. we found out that, like, somebody in the locker room that's on impact that's a male that was saying something about the redheaded girl that was that boogied out of the impact show after I wrestled when it was already 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. I understand I should stay there. But there was no, and I'm not saying there was no benefit. I should stay at a show. I did. Yeah. I mean, I helped set up that place. They didn't even realize that. Like, I don't have to. I was there because we were helping, and that's the boy to do it. I showed up at the mall with John. I helped set up chairs. I did my effort. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to leave, but I have to drive four and a half hours home and be up in two hours and then still take care of patients. So I have a real job. I'm not just signed just to a company. She has a so real I heard a job. lot of like. Take that, Mike Elgin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yo, I heard that man say that about me, and I was like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't give a crap. I was like, what is his opinion over anybody else's? Because in the end, we're like, in the end, I was like, I wasn't even on the show. I was on the show, but I wasn't even on the show, and I was their champion. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's whatever. I'm not mad about that. I was mad because I got dis- downgraded and t- shit talked upon when I am so true to a T. I was like, you know what? This guy has no idea who I am and what I'm doing. He just thinks I'm boogieing out. He probably thought John was too, because John was giving me a ride to his house, which was like five blocks down the street. Like, no, it was like five minutes away. But yeah. um, for me to get to my car to go home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he doesn't have any weight in whether you get exactly. Or not, you know, so I, 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 I get what he's saying, but it's not his place to judge, regardless. Right. Yeah, and that's in the past, so that's all right. I got you. Yeah. So moving on from that, um, what would you say would would probably be the worst injury if you've had any that you've sustained in your career? I, I herniated a disc in my back, um, my lower mm-hmm. back. Um, it's I I don't know if it's between the powerlifting I did or the wrestling, but either way, it affected my wrestling career big time. Um, so I'd say uh, my herniated disc in my back, but I still suffer sciatic pain from, but I cope with it with the stretches and the therapy that I learned through physical therapy. Now, I just, a side question, because as someone who also has sciatic pain, what kind of stretches do you do to relieve um, that kind of pain? You Have you heard of the Cobra stretch? Probably not by name. So even if you type it in, you type the Cobra stretch, it's just like where you lay on your stomach, you're on all fours, you know, and you put your arms where your chest would be and you do almost like a tricep push-up. Okay. And it looks like the cobra. It looks like a snake, like you're kind of pushing up, like doing a tricep push-up, but keep your hips on the floor and try to stretch up as much as you can slowly and down. Go as far as you can, then ease your way down and exhale. Take a deep breath. Go up as far as you can. As far as You're going to go a little bit at a time. Go back down. And you ease your way and you slowly stretch day by day. Then you lay on your back. You squeeze your knees to your chest and you kind of hold yourself like in an egg position. And then you release and you let your legs down. And you do that about 10 times and exhale and inhale. And then you can also do one leg. And then there's also the bedpan one that you lay on your back and it's like you lift your ass up. It's like a hip thruster. You know what I mean? Like you lift Mm -hmm. up and you'll notice when you go to squeeze your glutes, when you lift your hips up, you'll feel it in your lower back where it goes down to your leg and to your ass and your leg. Mm -hmm. And it's just what you're doing is you're 
easing that sciatic pain that's in between your disc and your, your back that, that's irritated. Even if it's pinched, it's still irritated. So what you're trying to do is stretch and have it completely go back, you know, your nerves straight so it's not pinched. So Because if it's still slightly pinched and you don't work easing it into your back again, it stays consistently hurting. So if you stop doing the stretches, then it starts again. Yeah. I got to try that then because I've, like, started to do, to like, after. some – yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe, anyway. Maybe next week the Meister can give us an update on what was like squeezing his glutes. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm not getting the echo, I'll tell you about my squeezing glutes. That's what I get. <laughs> so. Shit, I'll make a video of it. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that That's video of, 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 of what, me what? squeezing my glutes. No, I'll I'm at me. I was gonna, I'll put my Thunder Buddy outfit on and then I'll do it. There you go. See, that, that would be... That would be good content right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh the gauntlet. The gauntlet. The gauntlet. <laughs> this is going quick. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's sometimes fast, sometimes not. It's whatever. It's the I gauntlet. Knew. You never know. I you knew never coming know. into this, we were just going to have a laugh fest with Christina. <laughs> no, this has been great. This has been great. I knew, I knew you were going to think that. You're like, all right, that's why we're doing it a little later. <laughs> no, no, there was like... I didn't know if we were going to like try to take this too seriously. And I'm like, no, there's no way we can't do it. I remember doing an interview with you where you like just <laughs> cracked us up and the Rick recons in the corner off camera. All right, so you should already know that's the last time. And you couldn't, I know I was like, I remember I was so nervous to do one of these the very first time. And I kind of got to explain myself. And then when it came down to the second one, Ooh, there was nothing holding me back. And Rick Recon's <laughs> laughing in the corner. You're laughing. Your face is as red as my hair. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Travis is laughing. All of them. You got, oh, my God. P- Penguin, all that. Penguin. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, you are a blast to do these things with. So. All right. So if I, I'm going right. to take the next question. Go for it. So what do you value most about being in this profession? Um, yeah, that's the question. The, I, what I value the most is this. Uh, it's it's just how we're all in this together and what we love. It's and then also the fans, mm-hmm. the passion. It's just it makes you believe in magic almost. It's like I know it's no, so hard for me. Beautiful. I, like I know I don't believe in Disney much, but everyone says there's magic there too. So I don't know, but it's the closest thing to magic I think because that's it's true. like. We know what it is, you know what I mean, you know, reality, you know what I mean, but it's what we believe in, it's just a passion, and it's just, uh, we're all, it's like, almost like the United States, how we're all in this quarantine together, wrestling world, wrestling fans, workers, we we all love the same thing, worker, fan, Yeah. you know what I mean, it's just. You don't believe in Disney much, but you're kind of like, we're all in this together. (laughs) Oh. Well, high school musical up in here. Oh, Lizzie McGuire. Oh, I love her. She's coming back, by the way. Don't know if you knew that. Oh, the whole show's coming back, isn't it? Yeah, the whole Lizzie McGuire show is like coming back. That excites me, but that's another topic. But I, I'd have to say, honestly, it's just like the compassion and the love. It's just like I want to. And when I, it doesn't matter if I'm walking and shaking hands with workers or walking out in the curtain and high-fiving fans and signing autographs. It's just the unconditional love that we all have is so mutual and it's beautiful. 
And that's what I really enjoy. That's it's it's just an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, it's kind of it's cool. a, it's undescribable. You know, you could literally pick up a conversation with anybody else in the business and just talk. Yep, it's true. Like you, you know what I mean. You don't even need to know what they're back. Like we don't judge people. I mean, there is people, of course, in the business that judge one another. But when you actually really get to know somebody, you kind of crack, you kind of like open up your guard a little more because we have to trust each other. Yeah. We have to. How, yeah. This is what part of the oh, business. This is what, and that's what wrestling is. It builds on your trust. That's so and that's what's messed up in the real world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know what trust is now. Nobody's so, like, really touched on that yet. Um, is how, like, really, yeah, you have to trust each other because the goal overall is you are tasked with keeping your opponent safe in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know, nobody really talks about that. That's interesting. I like that you said that. And it's, it's true because, like, I remember, like, the way my trainer trained me is so, it's, like, almost old school. Like, you got to trust your opponent. Like, you're going out there putting your body in the line. If you're going to do this move. And, like, I, I my very first move I did, I, I only did it with Deanna Perrazzo. Um, I haven't been able to do it ever since because not that I haven't got the chance to practice. Nobody ever shows up to shows early enough to be able to work with their body type to see if I can still do this. But it's like the running up the ropes. I climb to the top, almost two feet off from the corner. I climb up the ropes and I jump up, land on my legs, which is almost three inches below my ass cheeks. And I flip up in a chair position and do a backflip into an arm drag. And it's on, It's actually, you can look it up on YouTube. It's Deanna Perrazzo versus Christina Maria. It was at PAPW 2017. That was one of my very first big matches with with Deanna, but I've never got the chance to do that move again, and it's about trust. And the only reason why she was the first person I ever got the chance to do it with, besides my trainer or Rick Recon, because I trained with him, was her because I knew she knew what she was doing, and I had so much trust in her and her reputation, and I asked her, and I just told her, I just need you to give me just that extra support, and I was like, and just that. And she was not going to – she was never going to let me – the only way I was going to get hurt is if I ran and ran up those ropes and jumped out the ring. That was the only way I was going to kill myself. You know what I mean? But you got to trust your opponent. Like, that's what makes me nervous about getting in the ring with newer girls. But then I have, a, I have like, a kind of, like, a a way of controlling it, you know? So it's I can make a decision, like, oh, wait, hey, like, you're not doing this. Like, can you do this? Like, how do you do this? And if I don't feel like you're safe enough to do it or if we're in the match, you go to do it and I already tell you you're not doing it, I'm moving out of it. And we're calling what uh, we're going to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah, smart. You got to take control. Mm-hmm. Kind of be I, I, the locker room. Can't be scared of that. Sense. You can't. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing you just said uh, that I really liked is about showing up early enough to really work through your stuff. Uh, you, I've, I've noticed that you do show up well in advance, and it's like yeah. a dying thing. People don't really do it anymore. They show up around showtime, and it's. It's really not the way to do it if you're taking it seriously. It, it's it, true. It is like I. That's how I always learned. Like when I started doing road, like driving with Rick Recon and doing my own drives, I would show up. I I'd leave at like I say if it's a three hour drive, I was waking up at you know eight, whatever I needed to do, depending on what I needed to do in the morning if I wasn't ready. But I'd get on the road and gas up maybe like eleven. Say if it's a three-hour drive, you're like, wait, you're leaving an 11, three-hour drive. You're going to get there at, like, two. But I just always learned, like, traffic. If you're running on a Friday, 
Mm-hmm. Especially you're going to run into traffic because once I get in between two and three, certain p- towns or certain routes, you know, pick up traffic. So I got to always deal with a delay, but I want to get there early. I want to be able to look at what I'm looking at. I want to be able to be one of the first people to walk and I want to be able to shake everyone's hand. I don't want to have to rush to like have to shake too many hands. I have to pee when I get there. You know, I try to stop at the restroom before I have to, so I don't have to feel inappropriate, like rude, like not shaking everybody's hands. So I just try to get there early because that's how I'm taught. Like hit the ropes, check out the ring, see if there's holes in the ring. Let me sh- work something with my opponent. Sometimes you won't get that. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. but the higher up people definitely still do that. Like Holla did when yeah. I wrestled Holla did, she, she wanted to do stuff in the ring. She asked her, sat there. I was like, Hey, do you want to, she goes, you want to go out in the ring? She like looked at me. I was like, awesome awesome and i was so happy and it made our match so much better because verbally we're already trusting each other we're getting our own language and you know oh totally but yeah i'd say trust is a big thing so kind of sticking with the i guess more sentimental side of things um is there i know you had talked about the impacts kind of putting you on that like the impact show kind of having a different feeling for you. Um, but was there a particular match or maybe event that meant the most to you? It doesn't have to be like your best match. doesn't have to be the most fun, but just, just a a match or an event that really just meant the most to you, like from a sentimental standpoint. When I won the immortal championship title, being the first women to win it and be named and crowned it, was one of the biggest emotional moments of my life. And I had a big show in my hometown previously the year before that for Dynasty when I won the championship. And I thought that was my big moment. I cried. So many, everybody in that bleep, in that bleacher stand was there for me. That place rumbled. That was the first shake. But when it came down to the match and how I felt overall, the one after that for Immortal, that year after, I that I just wanted, it's almost a year since I won the championship. That's crazy. Uh, the fact that that whole arena was chanting, Chris, I literally listen to it when I walk on cardio and it makes my heart race. It makes me tear up and say, this is what I live for. It literally pushes me is like, if you look at that video clip on YouTube and you like click to the point where they're all down and you can see me grab my head, you can hear the whole entire crowd. And it's like at 1130 at night because they're running late. You hear Christina and it's rumbling. Like I I mine's three syllables. So I never even thought about the chant back then, you know, but like, you know, Christina and the fact that I felt it in my rib cage, it was like a totally different energy. And it's like PPW fans have never seen it. I mean, there's some fans that actually traveled to Immortal, but the people that got the chance to be at that, that was a totally stepped up version of me and the energy. That was the most, that was the be- biggest moment of my life is that my hometown, I sold over a hundred tickets. Yeah, I was going to say that had to be like 500 people in that armor. Yeah, we had over 500 people. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hot. No AC. It was 90 something degrees. I lost the, I lost eight pounds that day, drank a gallon and a half of water. We were talking about it in the locker room about how all the guys lost weight. Because by the time you're done wrestling, it was soaking wet. It was, but it was just an awesome match. I, I still think about it. So, kind of keeping along with that, what, um, as far as advice you've been given in your career, what is what's the best piece of advice you've been given as far as your career goes? And like, is there any kind of story of who gave it to you? Um, like the context. 
Um, the, honestly, like, like it's like a motto I go by. I mean, besides like little things, they're not topping. I, I'd say don't give up. Like, don't give up on yourself. Don't you know what I mean? If you can't get something right. You know what I mean? Just keep working for it. I don't. The best advice is I is really like it's it's messed up. Don't give up. Like in anything. Like all right, you might have a bad match. You might do a move wrong. Um, I've actually messed somebody's finisher up for the first time in my career since I've worked. I messed somebody's finish up because when I went the maneuver, I something happened. I don't even remember. My ankle buckle. I don't know. I. I just wasn't strong that day. Let's be honest. I don't know, but I just, I, I messed up. And I, once I knew I messed up, it's not like I deliberately meant to do it. It was a total accident. I got the wave of almost how it feels when the newer girls messed up. And I understand the feeling how I used to get when I messed up when I started. So the best thing is to never give up. Like, cause I used to always back down. So say if I messed up on something, I'm like, I'm done. I want to give up. I'm done with wrestling. That's it. Like, whatever. I'm never going to get what. That's, you're throwing yourself, you know what I mean? Like, don't give up. Work on it. There's always another way. There's always something else you can try. So that's I would say that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people need to hear that, especially now that wrestling's not really happening live. You know what I mean? Because there are yeah. going to be those people that are going to be hesitant about getting back in the ring, uh, essentially, this fall. You know, that's pretty much probably the earliest Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. And I think that's I think that's important for a lot of people to hear is that, you know, you you've gotten to a certain point and just because, you know, this yeah. unfortunate thing has happened, like just just keep believing in yourself. Don't give up on that. Yeah. And that's I what I believe. Cool. All right. So um next question. Who who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? What? Who would you put on your Mount Rushmore? So, like, four people that embody wrestling. Who would you put on your Mount Rushmore? Like, my squad? I mean, it it can be your squad, but a lot of people, like... I have to be on the mountain with them? Like, are you trying to say, like, king of the mountain? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, so like, so like, kind of like thinking of it like the like Mount Rushmore with like the presidents, how they have like Washington and Lincoln and stuff like that. A lot of people, like for example, a lot of people say, you know, like Ric Flair is a common person they put on their Mount Rushmore as like somebody who kind of like like the Mount Rushmore embodying America with like Washington and Lincoln and stuff like that. So like, who would be your four people you kind of put up there? I have no idea. Um, and this can be anybody. Yeah, like, I mean, like it's so up like to you. Your, but who do you think in the business are like the four greatest top of all wrestlers? Time? Yeah, like it could be gotcha. any talent that hasn't been discovered yet that you know of. It could be like the biggest names in the business, like Hulk Hogan. Like, who do you think are the best four of all time, men or women? Of all time, I think, you know, Lita really topped it no matter what. Like, if I had to choose Lita, Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix or China for the top two girls. I mean, we're picking girls. I was like, no matter what, like anybody on the indie channel, like, of course you can get over. Like, I I've still I, I still look up to them. Like, I that's where I really liked wrestling and where I got into it. Um, I honestly am a big Chris Jericho fan. I know it sounds weird. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't talk about it too much but i think him i mean dean ambrose i i I, i'm i just love how he went back to the john moxley thing i mean i know that's with the hardcore stuff we were talking about earlier but 
him and we had to go to it's so hard like why'd you give me four um so i'm gonna pick two top girls i'd say lita and beth you know beth phoenix um old school i was a big rock fan um i'm gonna just pick old school people so if i had to pick a squad it'd be them two it'd be the rock and wow this is hard <laughs> um this is a sober question um <laughs> what would I want to um jeez I, I, let me do a mystery opponent then can we like spin a wheel and pick somebody um jeez I was a big Shawn Michaels you know what Shawn Michaels with this, yeah Shawn Michaels so Shawn Michaels I'd say Chris Jericho and it's it's, it's all mixed between everything so I'd say Beth Phoenix and later yeah yeah, that was that was hard. <laughs> it works though. It works. I like you're hitting my current feelings. So there you go. You know, I, I like the take on it because I I mean we haven't really asked this question to a whole lot of of females, but usually you get a lot of um, males answers, and you know, like the the male they usually put the males at the top. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. anybody's mentioned a woman at all. Yeah, which I, I think I think both of your I think actually all three of the names you dropped are are incredibly valid. Yeah. So yeah. Like I, I, I couldn't I couldn't make an argument against that. I'd be like, oh yeah, shit, that that totally works. Those are the people that when I got the chance to sneak and watch wrestling, those are the people that stood out. Like when I was able to even watch it before I actually got back into it, being a teenager and finding a school. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. All right. So the final question. Final question. You made it to the end. So here it is for you. Two hours say, later. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> say now that you're you're gonna have to think about this as if you're retired. So say you're retired, you're looking back on your life and your wrestling career. Jesus. <laughs> what do you what do you want your legacy to have been? The damn best one. That's what I want. I don't know. I want I don't want to be forget I don't want to be forgotten. I want to be, I want to be the top. I want to be one of the wrestlers that got signed out of Schenectady, New York, because everybody knows anybody from Schenectady, New York has never made it too far. And if you did, it's just an absolute blessing. You know what I mean? We follow our dreams and we, it's just, uh, it'd be a blessing just, just to know that my legacy and what I put out there and how I influence little girls or even little boys and maybe daughter, you know, anybody to deal with any type of thing in their life. I want that message to always get across that, you know, like that, um, that courageous, like you just, you don't allow anybody to get inside your head. You just never, you know, you, you control everything. I just want my legacy to get across for young women that are going through hard times losing somebody, getting abused, start any anything. Like you get through it, you you can get through it. It's you got to fight. You got to fight the fight to beat the fight. You can't just say you want to beat the fight. And that's the legacy I really want to give is you got to you got to fight. You know what I mean? That's really it. So you got to fight. Yeah. For your right. <laughs> Yeah, I kid, I kid. But no, that's that's definitely a great message. Uh, I especially like because like, you know, you're pulling from your own experiences. So like you want people who are going through some of the hard things that you went through 
to kind of like have you to look up to to know yes, that, hey, yeah. you can you can overcome this or you can get through it but more importantly you can survive it yes yeah that's true you got you like look at all these cancer survivors like look at, you know what i mean like look at all the people that you gotta think there's always worse but you you might be going through something bad but you gotta you gotta you gotta fight it you know yeah. there's always gonna be something right 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 around that corner that's gonna be a little bit harder next time guess what you're leveling up this is part of life, you know, and I realize that. All right. Well, my dude, is it that time? It is. It is that time. Christina Marie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that, but okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. Well, um, I'm glad you guys hung out. No, well, what, I, what, I, what I mean is... Um, where can people find you? Um, where can people find you on social media? Not my address, right? Yeah, right. Not, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Well. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter under PowerStrongXO. Instagram's MS underscore Christina Marie. And you can type me in on Facebook for my fan page, Courageous Christina Marie. Right on. All right. Well, now it's time to say, hey, thank you for being here spending some time with us and uh you can find us at on the hitting the map podcast on the high tension wrestling podcast network on youtube and wherever all great podcasts are found you should follow high tension htw which is high tension wrestling uh it is a professional wrestling company that has yet to debut because of corona we're taking the AEW route, you know, stringing you guys along for a while. Yeah, right now we're a t-shirt company, soon to yeah. be a sneaker company. Uh, hey, that's a little yeah, fact. for the future. Fact. Wow. <laughs> uh, me. Yeah, we're, we're getting really creative over here in our quarantine time. Oh, yeah. Quarantine yeah. creativity. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, so many, so many brainstorming ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so... I have been the kilowatt. You can find me at the real kilowatt or not the, but at real kilowatt on all social media and my buddy, the maestro. How can we find you? You can find me at maestro a Scott on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. I got one of them, Ooh, I do but, I ain't, oh, I but, do too. but I ain't dancing. I'm not dancing well, yet. I, I've been making fun of the dances. So, oh yeah. <laughs> What's this savage crap? All right, number. Here's the thing. You can find us all on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So, again, I've been the real kilowatt with the I'm maestro. maestro. Oh, and sorry. I am the courageous Christina Marie. Love it. We'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye.